Was he alive when Caitlin? No, I placed the time of death about 3.20. Then how could she, you know? The body can maintain an erection after expiration, sometimes for hours. Did he have the adult magazine when he came in? Uh, no, I, I gave it to him. He asked me for it. I can't say for certain until we get him back to the lab, but my guess is he was masturbating, his heart seized, and he died. That's when the girl found him. Uh, something smells like shoe polish. This has got to be the weirdest thing you've ever been called in on. Actually, I once had to tag a kid that broke his neck trying to put his mouth on his penis. What about Caitlin? Shock trauma. She's going to need years of therapy after this. My question is, how did she come to have sex with a dead man? She thought it was me. What kind of convenience store do you run here? Popheads, welcome to issue 153 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you from the friendly, cluttered confines of the Tom Cave. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on the social media. We are at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora Music, Amazon Music, Audible, and so many, many more. Please let me know if there's something we're not on that you would like us to be on, and I will make it happen. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time and have the inclination to do so, please write us a five-star review. They are so helpful in getting the word out about what we are doing here on the TomCast Podcast, the kind of fun we're having, the kind of what I hope, what I believe is to be top-notch quality entertainment for, for your, for your hard-earned dollar of zero dollars. This show will always be free. Never forget that. <laughs> but we really appreciate those five-star reviews. Thank you so much. All right, we've got quite an episode for you lined up today. This is one. Uh, this this one's been in the works for quite a while, and it's finally happening. We are doing our the very first of our our Patreon picks episodes. Uh, this is where I you know long it feels like forever ago that I reached out uh, to the members of Pophead Nation who support us at patreoncom forward slash Popcast, which you can join if you're so inclined. And and I said I hit them up and I was like, hey, let's let's. You know, pick 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 the topic, movie, book, comic, whatever, and we'll do a show. You'll come on board, and we'll do a show together about whatever it is you want to talk about. And I've been hit up by a couple members of, of Pophead Nation who uh, have shared their show ideas, and we're all on board. But I kind of wanted to do them in the order in which I received their requests. This one took a little while to get off the ground. My fault. My fault completely. A couple technical difficulties and things of that nature. But we're finally doing it. We're finally making it happen. And I couldn't be more excited because today's topic, as you'll probably know from from the episode title, is Clerks, the 1994 uh, Kevin Smith written and directed film, his debut into the into the world as a, as a as a director as a writer, and in a movie that has left an indelible mark not only upon me, uh, but a lot of people in my, in my generation in my in my age bracket, uh, uh, people who have also clerked, who have also jockeyed register. For a living, whether you still do it or you did it in high school and then you got the hell out of there, you know whatever whatever it was, uh, I, I, this movie relates for a lot of people, 
if you're unfamiliar, uh, the basic plot of the movie is it's the day in the lives of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store roof. And that's all you kind of really need to know, right? So as we said, the movie written and directed by Kevin Smith, produced by Scott Mosier. So if you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast, you know all about all that stuff. We have Brian O'Halloran as Dante Hicks, Jeff Anderson as Randall Graves, uh, Marilyn Gigliotti as Veronica, Lena Spoonhour as Caitlin Bree, and Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith. Round out sort of the principal cast of the, of the movie, and you get a lot of appearances by Kevin Smith's friends, like like Walt Flanagan, who has four separate roles. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that in, in in the show. This is a long podcast. I want to get that out of the way. I want you to let you know that ahead of time. Uh, but we break the we break the movie down by the by the title cards that are in the movie. So if you need to pause it at a certain point, wait for us to introduce that title card, and that's probably a good place to hit pause and come back to us later on. It is a long show. We had a good time talking about it though. And when I say we, I should introduce my co-host for this episode. This is, uh, again, a member of Pophead Nation. This is the Aspen Hill Chody's Choice, and uh, we'll be linking up with him in just a moment. It's a really fun episode. But before we get started, we have to thank the official members of Pophead Nation, besides the Aspen Hill Chody, because without them, the show does not exist. So it's also thanks to the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, happy birthday, by the way, the New Jersey, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegamer, and our very own Joker and Harley Quinn of Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, California. And I drink a lovely Pariah beer on the show and is very excited to do so. It's one of my favorite ones. All right. Now let's go. Let's get into it. Sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Let's go. Salsa shark. We're going to need a bigger boat. Man goes into cage, cage goes into salsa. Sharks in the salsa, our shark. All right, joining us now via Skype, all the way from the East Coast, my friend, your friend, the Aspen Hill Chody, a.k.a. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? You are also Ryan of the world-famous Co is G podcast. Come on, it's still good. That's right. Uh, what are those hot links you got for us so people can follow you over there? That- that is coisgpod.com. Don't let don't let Reagan get on your show and tell you some other website of a, a doctor's office somewhere. It's coisgpod.com. And then I'll have links to everything. We've got, you know, Instagram and all kinds of stuff you can check out on there. I'm not sure Reagan will come back on the show because I'm, I'm not willing to pay his appearance fee. <laughs> yeah, he is super popular. High in demand, right? Not, very much so. Any day now, I'm going to hear that episode of, of Rogan with him on it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you guys, you guys are going to get that Spotify money. It's going to be huge. I mean, maybe in <laughs> 20 years or so, after we build that kind of audience, yeah, we might get there. All right. Well, we before we get into our, our topic today, the topic selected by you yourself, uh, we right. do, we, as is tradition on the show, we do, we do have lovely beverages to consume while we talk. Uh, what do you have? I'm assuming something from Maryland. It is. It's a brewery called uh, Red Shedman, and it's in uh, Mount Airy. This was actually given to me by Reagan some months ago. It was something before I, I, I stopped drinking for a little while just because I felt like doing it. So he <laughs> gave me a bunch of stuff that's been sitting in my fridge, and it's still good. It's a uh, it's called Door Number Three, and it's a New England uh, Red IPA. A New England Red IPA. Yeah, so that's the that's their little twist on it. And it says with Vic's Secret Hops is what it says. Do you, do you, are you drinking it from the can or do you have it in a glass? I got the can right here. Can you see it? I can see the can. I was curious how this – I wanted to see the color on this thing, but 
I'll have to hold it. I don't. I'd have to pour it into something. D- don't worry. Don't. No worries. Let me. Let me pour it in my mouth. I'll spit it in the air. You catch it real quick. <laughs> right to your camera. Like. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking from uh, from our from San Diego Zone, and a, a damn fine supporters of this podcast from Pariah Brewing Company. I have my cat from Hellas, which is their wonderful uh, Hellas style beer. You know, German style, going going old world here. I love this beer. It's awesome. They recently recanned this. It's a hop with the Czech size, so you know it's legit. And it is a crusher. I love this beer. It's so good. Awesome. Everyone run out and pick it up immediately. All right. And it's a, it's a good uh, beer to get the show going. I won't, I won't uh, stumble through my words too quickly just yet. By the end, that, that could be a different story, though. Right. <laughs> so, Ryan, why don't you tell us, why did you uh, select Clerks for your, your uh, Patreon picks? Well, I think your, your view askew... Uh... Movies have been lacking on the... the... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> also, I just feel like this was a big movie for me. This is one of the most quoted movies probably with... I mean, you know, growing up around here, we quoted this movie so much. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of me captures the whole, like, Gen Xer experience, for lack of a better word. It just never would be able to turn this movie off. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. And so I figured... It's one to kind of deep dive. And I mean, it does have some, looking through it through 2021 <laughs> eyes, it, it, it's a little tough in some scenes to, to remember, you know, 20-year-old me and, and some of the things we said and some of the vocabulary we used. It reminds me of that. And it's just, it's a fun movie. I mean, I, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so, you know, that's why I picked it. Figured we could talk about it. No, I, I, I echo all those sentiments you just said. Uh, the movie's uh, insanely important to me. Uh, it's, I... I think I mentioned in the opening of the show how this probably was even like the first indie film I ever watched. So it was it was kind of eye opening that there was this whole other thing going on besides like Hollywood blockbusters, you know. Right. And then obviously that we we all sort of relate to the material on, in this one because we all have that history working convenient, not necessarily a convenience store, but retail experience. Oh uh, yeah. So we worked retail. Uh, we had a friend that worked in a, like a convenience store gas station that we'd hang out with at night after hour. I mean, it, there was there's a lot of intersection with my own life with this thing. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I, I, the other the other aspect of the movie was, I mean, the people on screen were like people that you kind of knew, and I think that yeah. also kind of helped people in our age bracket really relate to what was happening in, in, in the movie. And. True. You know, I think we ever, everyone probably knows by now because Kevin Smith tells everyone, <laughs> you know, th- this was his life. This is his experiences, his friends. I mean, it's it's basically him and, and Brian Johnson. They're Dante and right. Randall, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, their friends had very different experiences than I did in high school, which is what was my big takeaway from this movie was like, yeah. oh, yeah, their high school was very different than mine. That's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I had a blast going back. I hadn't seen this all the way from I hadn't watched this from start to finish. In, in several years, maybe, you know, five, six years plus. Uh, so to sit down and watch from start to finish and knowing what line's coming, but just kind of still being delighted when it's said. <laughs> it's so sure. enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. And so many parts still get me laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some classic scenes and classic lines. And I mean, yeah. You do not hear, or at least I don't. I'm sure you're the same way. You cannot hear the number 37. <laughs> no. Not want to say in a row after every it, time. Or, you know, like... every time. And that's one of those scenes. I just, I just, I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard because it still hits just the right notes for me. But now it, it kind of has almost like a nostalgia tint to it because 
It's like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, man, no, 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 I loved it. I loved it, loved it. And, yeah, I think everyone who listens to this podcast is, is probably on a very similar, has a very similar relationship to the movie than, like we do. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to meet the person that doesn't like this movie. That's that's like Ari, you know. I've I've tried there's been times that I've worked with younger people in 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 my current role, like I'll have people that are in their 20s and I'm like, "You should check out this movie, but I don't know if I want to recommend it to you because <laughs> I don't know if you'd find it good and if you didn't, I wouldn't want to know about it." You know, like it just wouldn't resonate with you like it does with somebody that, you know, wears a lot of flannels and is in their forties, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a different feel. It's it, a different feel. It, it, that, that is a really wild aspect of the movie is, is looking back at the stuff that was going on in, in like, what, what is it? 94 is when the movie came out. Yeah. I think they were filming in 93, but it was released in 94. So, you know, yeah. It, yeah. And you get the stuff with like, you know, like you, you have the script in front of you. I'm going to butcher the line, but the guy who won't, who doesn't want to drink the coffee cause it's too hot. he's like, you want right. to put ice in this? Like, you want me to drink this coffee hot, right? Like, he's like, got any ice? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny, but people nowadays, I mean, like you said, this, these younger people, they've had iced coffee their entire lives. They right. have no idea. The, the joke is kind of dead, right? <laughs> like, you can get iced coffee probably at 7-Eleven now. I I don't know. <laughs> it's just, oh, so much good stuff. And obviously video stores are a, a dead media as well. But still, you and I have a, I mean, come on. We were at Blockbuster every weekend. That's right. And the, and the mom and pop store before Blockbuster came in town. Yes, Several video nights for us was down the street. That probably was a little far away from your place. But we had we had all video in Twinbrook. In Twinbrook, it wasn't the one on the corner, like Video ninety five by night, like right there on First Street in Baltimore. Wasn't that the one on the corner? Uh, we didn't go to that one. I, you, I don't think like it was I don't walking think, distance from your house. I don't think that <laughs> was, one was there yet when oh, when we first okay. started when we first got a VCR. <laughs> Okay. And that stands for video cassette recorder for anyone listening who's uh, you know not from our generation. <laughs> yeah. So you were probably Wintergreen Blockbuster guy, which is now like total hockey. It's like a hockey store now. Is obviously. it really? Wait, wait yeah. the fact that Rockville can su- support a hockey store blows yeah. my mind. It's been hanging out there for a long time. Like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is going to last like two years. But it's it's been there a decade now, probably at least. Alex Ovechkin like, has changed the culture in that in that city, yeah. in that area of town, in that region, I should say, even. Doing well. That's awesome, man. Very, very, very yeah. cool. Uh, I, I guess we should get into the movie proper uh, at this yeah. point. So, all right, I already broke down. I mean, everyone knows the plot. <laughs> we, we know the cast. It's in black and white. Yeah. We open on Dante. Right. Getting up. Phone call, right? I, I, I had one very important question for you. Yeah. Have you ever slept in a closet? Mm. <laughs> I like how you're thinking trying, about this. I'm trying to answer that. I I have been trapped in closets before. Which I know is one for, story for, of, in particular right, about that, but we yeah. will share that on the podcast. Yeah, there's been uncomfortable moments in closets, <laughs> but I'm trying to think if I ever spent the entire night in a closet, and I think the answer is no. So how about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have not, and I... <laughs> Because I am now a man in my 40s, I watched Dante as he rolls out of the closet to answer the phone that's going to summon him to work. And all I could think of was like, oh, my God, my back would be hurting so bad. I mean, I, I don't know why he was – I don't know why he was in there. Obviously, he had a rough night, but it, it seems like a strange place to be. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, he says that he closed last night. And, yeah. I mean, that's all we really know. And, you know, maybe he just likes the dark. I don't know. 
But later on with the scene with Jay where he's like, you want to party? And he said, you know, he doesn't want to party with Jay because, you know, nothing personal about drug dealers or whatever. But Dante doesn't seem like the type from this movie to go out after closing at the quick stop and then go to a party all night. It just doesn't just doesn't seem the type. So I I don't know what he was doing. that He ended up in that closet like that. But it just, you know, he's there. It's an interesting uh, age. You know, we meet these characters. They're about. 22-ish, they're like, you know, yeah, five or so years removed from school, right. but still very much in the, the those high school circles, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the people they grew up with and everything like that, and kind of a, the sense that maybe some of them are at a crossroads, but some of them aren't, you know? <laughs> maybe they like where they're going, even if it's going nowhere. That's right. And we see Dante as a character who seems to have aspirations, but not really aware of what they are. Yeah. So, I don't know... I, we I can I can relate with Dante in that mm-hmm. way because you think of me at 22, I was at like Circuit City, like going to MC part time. But I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just be a Circuit City manager. You know, like this is a good job. You know, like I can relate to. It. It's kind of like ah, I don't know what I'm doing, but this this works, right? Like mm-hmm. it gets it done. So yeah, um, I mean, I think I think uh, everyone has. Well, I shouldn't say everyone because I. I don't know. Your brother might be the exception to the rule, but I feel like everyone is sort of Dante in this movie. We all wish we were Randall, but we were all probably a little, all a little bit more Dante. Oh yeah, I was definitely more Dante than Randall for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I, watching the movie, I sort of, and I, it's not a new thought. Like I'm not treading new ground here, but I mean, there's very much like a an id ego, you know, sort of thing going on there. Yin, yin and Yang. Yeah. I, I love their relationship. I love their dynamic. And again, it, it is basically based off Kevin Smith and Walter John, <laughs> Brian, Brian Johnson, Brian, Brian Johnson. Yeah. But it's so, so it's really funny to think that Brian Johnson was this guy who would do these things. I mean, it, it's not shy. You know, I listened to tell him Steve Dave, the podcast with Brian on it. And you can just hear it. And it's, it's not, it's not shocking at all. It's, it's the way he said, like it is. Randall is him. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, when, no question. When you, yeah. That podcast. And then when, I mean, when he, when the comic book men was still on the air, right. you would yeah. see it there as well. And you could just tell like, Oh yeah. man, he must've been in high school. He must've been fucking out of control. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Did we have any friends like that? I, I, I couldn't think of anyone. That was just no. like that blatant abuser of authority. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I couldn't think of a good example of that from our high school. I couldn't either. <laughs> no. All right. So Dante gets called into work. He just closed, but now they need him to open. Uh, so right. that's, that's pretty crappy. That sucks. And then we get our first you know, title. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. You know that where he, in that scene where he's getting breakfast or whatever, and he like eats out of that pig cookie jar. <laughs> yeah, like the lid. <laughs> Yeah, we had that same cookie jar. I just thought I'd mention that. That was that was something I don't know. Maybe my sister has it now, but we had that exact same cookie jar in our house growing up. So it was just a little aside. It, it's always near and dear to my heart to see that thing. I'm like, <laughs> we had that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyways, you can go on. <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say we we get to our first uh, title card uh, for this movie, and, and this title cards play a big deal in here. And uh, the first title card is. Well, actually, I should, hold on. Before we get to the first title Wait, card, I should, Dante was the first title card, wasn't it? Technically, yes, but I felt yeah. like that was more of an introduction. Right. <laughs> but uh, actually, we I skipped right over him opening the store, right. and the whole thing with the shutters, the gum in there. Yeah. A line comes from that that uh, I still say to this day, which is a bunch of savages in this town. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this one that gets repeated. I live my life by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, but, but it. I don't know. It, you see Dante doing his job and kind of being clever about everything. He works around the right. shutter issue. He works around not it's getting the, the newspaper delivered. 
Right. Didn't get his quarterback in the end. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, he seems like a capable young man, decent enough at his job, right? He just seems to hate it. Right. And you, you know why the whole gumming thing was done, why they did that? I mean, I'm sure you do. Because they right? had to film at night. Right, right. And they yeah. didn't want to open the shutters and have people coming in. Yeah. But I thought it was a, a pretty good way to work around it. And then Kevin was able to write in, why does it smell like shoe polish? Like every like third scene. Yeah, every, so, yeah. yeah almost every new person that would walk in right. <laughs> who would have a dialogue with, with Dante would say something about shoe polish. Yeah, which I thought was you know a good way to get past the problem that they had with shooting at night. I thought it was pretty cool. No, I liked it too. And, and again, you get a good running gag with the, with the shoe polish. Yeah. Though I don't know if I if I was writing a sign in shoe polish, I don't think I would take the time to to be uh, um, that verbose. <laughs> no, I would just say open. open. <laughs> right. Agreed. <laughs> I would not go to the links to write. I assure you. <laughs> I don't know if I'd use my fingers either, but you know what? That's what he chose. He did it. He, he it shows dedication. Like you said. <laughs> I guess they didn't have enough sharpies there. I don't know. Okay. Maybe they didn't sell sharpies at the at the at the convenience mm-hmm. store. Uh, all right, so there now we get our first title card, which is vilification, uh, which I think that one's pretty easy. It is a an act of making cruel and insulting statements about a person, okay. and that leads directly into Chuli's gum. Chuli's gum, yeah, <laughs> and cancer the, merchant. Yeah, the anti-smoking <laughs> to, to drive up the sales of Chuli's gum, right. <laughs> which I still find funny as hell too. Yeah, no, it's a great scene when he pops that lung on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> he just had it in his bag. What the, the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can think of anything uh, from... from the, I don't know what else to say about this scene. It's just a wonderful introduction to yeah. the kind of world that we're going to be exposed to. Right. I mean, you know, Cancer Merchant and the hands in the trach ring. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's just a good start. The most like unbelievable thing to me is actually Veronica spraying him down with the fire extinguisher in the end. I just thought that was over the top, but you know, it's it sets her up her her introduction, you know, to the to the movie. It yeah, it does provide quite an entrance. And, and another thing I noted in this movie in the movie too was, was was when I was Dante's age, I had enough problems getting one girl to like me, let alone two. So right. he has an embarrassment of riches at this point. Compared yeah, to my and life. He, he had a pretty good track <laughs> record because he talks about, like, you know, that when they're obviously when they get to the 36, 37 scene, he had like how many girls he slept with, and it was something like 12 or something. Right. I'm like, this man's a god to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, puts me to shame. No, like, that, that was where I had the thought where I was like, I was like <laughs> Kevin Smith's high school experience was very different than mine. <laughs> yeah. And good for him. I mean, right. I guess when you're in Jersey, you know? Right. You can't help but notice the 90s fashion. And uh-huh. by this point, we're also getting the soundtrack. The soundtrack's playing. And I love the soundtrack of this movie so much. Yeah. So every great. every time something would cut in, it was, it was, I don't know. I just had so much fun kind of revisiting this this period. Yeah. It I don't know the like fashion. You... The fashion's a little, you know. But, but... Well, I say that right now where I'm wearing like a knit cap and a flannel shirt. I, I don't know if I've come that far. I mean, it's just... No, it's more you like know. the stonewashed jeans that I had. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. Like, I, I kind of bumped up against. I, I rocked the flannel still, too. Don't worry about that. And I got I got more beanies than I know what to do with, considering I live in San Diego, California. Yeah. <laughs> so I come home with a new beanie, and Jenny's like, you bought another beanie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get to wear it for two months. <laughs> if that, if that, by the way. Right. <laughs> when right. it's late at night, I'm walking the dogs. That's about the only time that works. That. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed in this scene, $1.95 for smokes. <laughs> Oh, you know, I didn't even pay the price. I, I don't even know what they cost now, but I imagine it's around like $9. <laughs> I don't know. It's It was 
it's pretty expensive. I was Luckily, trying to, I, I was, well, I was trying to think about that. And, and I was thinking back to when you, you lived in New York for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I feel like, I feel like smokes was, in New York were like twelve, thirteen dollars back then, and that was like yeah, it was least... it was a lot. It was a lot from what I remember. And that but was like yeah. what almost twenty years ago you were there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been. Let me see. That would have been two thousand six to two thousand eight. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jesus, cigarettes are expensive. Dollar ninety five. Looking back on that, that's a deal. Right. <laughs> Not that I'm advocating for anyone to start smoking. But... Yeah, I wouldn't now. It's too expensive. It's too expensive now. You can't afford it. Then again, I don't Man, know. I'll kill you. I don't know. People Try some to... Chulies gum. <laughs> I don't know how people go to Starbucks though, but I mean, I, you're you're a fan, well, so I can't knock that. Well, I mean, I had I I'd gone without. I mean, I still brewed at home, but I've been I hadn't been to a Starbucks for like except for like two times in a year because you know this little pandemic thing going on. I, I've heard but something actually, about that. Yeah. Actually, Friday because I got my you know more. I got my second shot on Wednesday, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go into a Starbucks mask on and get a Starbucks. It was it had been, you know, it had been a year over a year since <laughs> I'd been there. When I used to go like sometimes like three times a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was quite the event. <laughs> so after Veronica's introduction, she chases off the, the Chuli salesman. Uh, right. and that, that leads into they're hanging out in the convenience store, leads to our conversation after they we are introduced to uh Will and Black, aka Snowball. Yeah. Snowball, right. <laughs> Or Scott Mosier, the producer Mosier. of the yeah. of the film. Had you ever heard of a snowball before? No, but it was in my vocabulary then. And, you know, no, never mind. This is a clean show. We're not going there. But um, <laughs> I can put that little E on the podcast. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, it, 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 this movie inspired acts because of, of things like that. Let's just let's just leave it at that. But, yeah, I had not heard of it before before Clerks You. No. And I I. I I sort of, I kind of wonder if Kevin Smith invented the term. I don't know for sure. I don't know. I feel like it. It had to be something that was at least um, in his circle of people. You know, like I feel like that happened at his school with somebody, at least, if not multiple people. That's just my guess. I don't know. Oh, it leads to another really funny moment, which is, you know, we, we get into the how many conversation, but like the fact that he finds out that Veronica did that to Willem. Yeah, <laughs> and his sheer abject disgust at the idea of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't have had the same reaction if I was in that moment. Would you? Nah, no, but I, again, I was a very, a very conservative child. Right. <laughs> so all of it right. was way above my pay grade at that point. I was like, I don't know any of this. I think now we, that we're in our 40s, though, and we're both happily married men. Uh, we we would also know better than to get into the how many conversation ever, <laughs> like. Well, right. It's not it's not something you want to like get into necessarily, right? No, definitely not. As, as if anyone young and single is listening, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Right. Though I think oh. younger people nowadays are much more uh, aware of these things, and they don't, it's not as big an issue as it was for our generation. Yeah. I don't understand young people, but apparently they're they're more free than I was. Yeah, I mean, you're young, Tom. You're younger than me, right? Like, that could you something. Like, yeah, but not by much, bud. It's only a year. It's yeah. only a year. I mean, take it. <laughs> take it. I have my old man soul, though. I like it. The, right. pa- the pandemic worked for me. I, I don't mind staying home. You know, there were some good things about it, for sure. Uh, I'm not going to say many, but there there were some, you know, nice aspects. There were. There were. All right, this is also, next we get uh, the introduction of Randall. 
because of the, with our cranky old man bugging Dante right. about the video that he can't return because the store's not open yet. Right. And then this is another one of those lines that you say for, well, it's later on after he's outside, but when Randall says, No time for love, Dr. Jones. That's not from this movie, but you reference it in the tone of this movie so many times. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's from this movie that you're referencing, you know, Temple of Doom, right? Like, <laughs> that's another one I referenced all the time. So, Oh, 100%. I, I love Temple of Doom. I'm one of the few who actually really enjoys it. No, I like Temple of Doom very much. Oh, good. I mean, Glad to hear we're, that. we're in the same clubhouse. <laughs> uh, one, of the th- one of the things in this scene, as, as Randall's, uh, 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 you know, sashaying his way to work eventually, yeah. you have the, the customer who's waiting outside the store. Oh, Not the crazy. angry old man, but the, the, the female customer. Yeah. I wanted to know if you thought, because he makes that bet that she's going to yeah. get that video or not. He collects. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that's another thing I say all the time. I hate it when I can't rent videos. I say that all the time. But yeah, that that was so well played. Just the look she gives him when he comes back and unlocks the door. It's so great. <laughs> so great. And but, then, yeah. you know, like we talked about, you know, obviously Randall is based on, on Brian Johnson, but he is pretty much the guy that we kind of wish we could be sometimes. But sure. we fear consequences and repercussions, so we can't Especially, be. Especially, again, in our position where we both worked a lot of hours in retail. <laughs> like, you definitely wish you could be video store Randall, you know? Like, well, especially in that, in that that at that age. Mm-hmm. I, I'm much more mellow now, uh, but right. in my 20s, I still had the anger. I could tap into that pretty easily back then. All right, now we get to our next title card. The title cards come fast and furious in this movie. And I read somewhere that... Uh, he wanted uh, like nine title cards to represent like like the nine levels of hell. Had you seen that before? No, I hadn't seen that. I, I saw that. I found. I came across that on IMDb, but I I listened to Kevin Smith podcast and I've been to Kevin Smith's shows before. I've never heard him say this. Yeah. So I don't I, know I, how I, much I, stock I put in it. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar. Well, our um. next title card is syntax, which is the arrangement of something in a methodical manner. Uh, is basically applied to grammar for all you nerds out there like me who like grammar and sentences. <laughs> so it's basically how to talk and write correctly. Right. I don't know how to do either of those things, but okay. <laughs> but this is when we get our shocking abuse of authority. Mm-hmm. Our first mention of Caitlin Bree is also in this section. Right. And I okay. One of the things I wanted to mention is I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know how much context. I mean, everyone's seen the movie, so I don't know. How, I don't know if I need to provide too much context here. Uh, you know, it's like setting up the scene and everything like that. But there is the part where where uh, where Randall refers to homosexuality as a deviant lifestyle. Do you think yes, he's being sarcastic? I mean, it, you know, the, the, a lot of the the homosexual jokes and references in this are are very dated. And you know, to hear Kevin Kevin Smith talk about it, his brother was, I'm not sure of the timeline, but I think he was openly gay at this point. And mm-hmm. to still have that be like the the butt of so many jokes it just seemed like wow that's that's a lot but again i think back to my 20s and unfortunately that was a butt of a lot of our jokes too you know like it was mistakes were made in our in yes, youth absolutely <laughs> absolutely cringeworthy right very like, cringeworthy very cringeworthy and, and i'd like to think that we are both and the people that we know are all better people now than, than who don't say yeah. those sort of horrible things there's just so many in this movie when you watch there it are, like there are a lot there are a lot. It, it, I mean, I don't want to use the, uh, you know, of its time defense necessarily, but I mean, it's kind of of its time. It is. Unfortunately, I, I remember that time well. And it and it was, you know, as, as progressive as the 90s wanted to be and open, that was still definitely like 
that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and at least in this small pocket of the world I lived in, it was definitely a thing, right? Like, unfortunately, but. yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I yeah, I don't, I don't want to go down that road too much. Like I said, mistakes were made, we're, and hopefully we have learned and we are better people. Yeah. <laughs> the porn movie order is read off. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Happy, scrappy hero pups and, you know, the whole list. The names of these porn movies that, that Randall's ordering for the video store are <laughs> are very graphic. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it made me laugh so hard to hear those names. Right. Big black right. cocks with pearly white cum. Right. <laughs> Whispers in the wind to each his own. Put it where it doesn't belong. My pipes need cleaning. All tit fucking, fucking volume eight. I need your cock. Ass worshiping rim jobbers, my uh, my cunt and eight shafts come clean, come gargling naked sluts, come bung three coming in socks, come on Eileen, huge black <laughs> cocks with pearly white cum, uh, slam it up my. I don't think this one was in. Slam it up my too loose ass. Was that in? Ass blasters that. in outer space, blow jobbers, blow jobs by Betsy. Some I of these things in the script those, are yeah. not in the final cut. These <laughs> they are, these they, are they turned a few of those out, I think. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I have read in the past, if I if I remember correctly, and I should have done more research before now, that um, Randall or um, Jeff Anderson didn't want to read these names in front of the the, the, the mother and the, the little girl yeah, playing. It. I read the so same he thing. Read it. Oh, you you read that? So yeah. I, like he read it to a camera, and he wanted like Kevin to take some out, but I think Kevin added more when <laughs> when he has to take it out for him to read. And then later on, they read it to her anyways, right? Like somebody <laughs> else read it to get the reaction shot right. anyway. So it just wasn't him reading it to it. At least that's, I think that's roughly what I remember reading at some point about Clerks. No, that sounds about like what, what I read also. Randall, no shame. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, there, and, uh, you know, reading this copy of the script online, there seemed like there was more that weren't even used. So if you guys all want to go online and find some more, there's, there's tons on here. Please. Yeah. You know, I skipped over it in, in vilification, but we are all, also introduced to the legendary duo that is Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, yes. I mean, we can't can't not mention them, right? <laughs> what, it, like, what can, like, as succinctly as you can, like, like, what is it they bring to this movie that's so damn funny? <laughs> I mean, they're just so random, but like, they make you laugh every time they're on screen. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're just like the hecklers in the in the audience, right? Like, they're just they're just there. Um, but they're like, yeah, they're sort of just like the, these everyday observers of Dante and Randall. You know, it, it's right. they they bring an interesting perspective to the show, and obviously they're pot dealers, so they right. they are <laughs> miscreants at, at, in the best of times. Yeah. You're a rude motherfucker, you know that? You're cute as hell. I like to go down on you, suck you, line up three other guys, make like a circus seal. But uh, I mean. <laughs> First, you're introduced to them just there, and then it's you know there's the, the dancing scenes and then like the the circus seal line again, yeah. you know like <laughs> there's the I eat cock in the window with the sticker, <laughs> the word just balloon, for, yeah, just for for no you know it's like uh um oh, there's the Olaf scene I you know I'm getting out of order so probably these are gonna mess up your cards later on but the Olaf medal and Berserker That's I mean actually I next I'm bringing that up next <laughs> okay I won't go too far into it then but you know there's all these little scenes the dancing scene it's just it's just kind of like 
it's almost like little bumpers in between everything. Just just comic. I don't even want to call it comic relief because it's a little bit more than that. But just kind of like mood-setting bumpers to keep it going. But yeah, yeah I I enjoy it. Well, you know? yeah, and and Jason Mewes brings like this kind of unique energy. And I, you know, I don't want to go down the road. You know, obviously Jason had some substance abuse problems. That, you know, yeah. he he has dealt with and is on the right side of everything now. But but he's he's this kid in this movie with this just like no filter, and, right. and like it's kind of charming in a way <laughs> well that's what got him the gig and what got him to be friends with i mean if you listen to them talk that's what yeah. you know like that's why because he was younger than than brian and uh kevin mm-hmm. but and and walt but they became friends because you know he was just such a outrageous personality right like so like yeah, I mean, uh, he's like the living embodiment of like, of like the disconnect between like your brain and your mouth. Right. <laughs> and and he, he was written to play himself, basically. That is the, the real life kid they grew up with, right? Like but this does get us to Olaf and the Berserker scene because yeah. again, another scene that like just fucking tickles me when he's doing you know Metal Face and he starts singing oh, the Berserker song. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, he's fuck your Yankee fuck? blue jeans or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Full <laughs> off metal. Right? It's just one of those things. I can't stop laughing about no. it. Somewhere I got a t-shirt in this house of, of Olaf Berserker, and it has, like, tour dates on the back. No kidding. <laughs> like, yeah, the Berserker, cool. you know, 95 tour or something like that. You get that at, like, a Comic-Con or something? I I might have bought it off VueSkew's website back in the day. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they were... They were, uh, yeah, they were doing, they were doing t-shirts back then with, with, uh, graffiti designs who would ultimately go on to make a bunch of comic book t-shirts for, for like DC and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think they were like the VSQ guys for a, a long time too. So yeah, somewhere in this house is a Berserker t-shirt with Olaf doing metal face. You should have put it on for this podcast. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> well, if, you know, I, listen, you can kind of see the mess behind me. <laughs> yeah. I, there is a closet that I do not have access to is completely barricaded by other things. My love for you is like a truck belzaka. Would you like some making fuck belzaka? That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? All right, let's talk about the Return of the Jedi versus Empire Strikes Back conversation. Because I, mean... I love this segment of the movie so much. This was like nerdtastic right here because back in 94, no one was talking about Star Wars. It was like no. me, me and anybody at the comic book store. That was it. Right. right. <laughs> And such a classic scene, and I mean, everybody talks about it, and it was just, it was awesome. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it, and it makes you think, too, because, you know, I wasn't thinking about the contractors No, thinking about on it on board the, the... Yeah, you're forced uh, to think about it on a different level. It's so great. Like, I, right. I never thought about those things, too. I mean, I was just thinking Rebels versus Empire, but, right. <laughs> but Rando brings a good point. Do you think the average stormtrooper can install a toilet main? <laughs> 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 do you agree with Ron- Randall's point, or do you side with Dante? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit overdue. But yeah, they, there was a lot of innocent people that were killed on that Death Star. <laughs> it had to be. The thing was, it was bigger than the first one. I mean, it's the size of a, 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 a almost a medium moon at this point. So yeah, there's a lot of innocents that were lost on that on that. I don't know. I mean, uh, that that contractor's in the scene, and he's letting you know that you you know your politics always comes into play. <laughs> Right. And I think if you actually want to get down to it, I don't think they had a choice to work for the Empire. Like you were pretty much just 
assigned, right? Like so. No, I think the Empire had like their own version of like the Army Corps of Engineers kind of thing, you know. Sure. I'm sure they were some sort of military personnel doing this thing. I don't think you uh, you you fly a bunch of contractors from New Jersey out to your secret Death Star base to do no. do that kind of work necessarily. So in that sense, I don't think Randall's argument holds water, but it's an interesting thought. <laughs> Yeah. I like the, the the avenue that it goes down. Plus, I just like the idea of, of talking about like which was the better Star Wars sequel. I will always say it's Empire, but I'd... it's Empire. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's Empire for sure. Not for the reasons that that Dante says necessarily. Like I'm not into like the downer aspect of it. I just think it's a well, superior film. Right, it, it is. Both 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 arguments are true. <laughs> both arguments are true, but I don't. You know, Dante's a little. He's a little. Uh, you know, um, he's kind of a bummer <laughs> in, yeah. in big swaths of this movie. Especially yeah. the, the 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 pining for Caitlin, which we didn't talk, really talk about just yet, because they talk about the whole thing with uh, her and the Asian design major, right? Because that that kind of helps set up some of our earlier events. I love that Star Wars conversation. I was so happy to hear that. It made me filled my nerd heart with so much glee and joy. And yeah, then at the same yeah. time, while they're having the conversation, Jay running through the store, stealing and eating everything in sight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which again, so good. Like what I can't, I can't remember the name of the of the the those hostess like those pink. Were they snowballs? They were snowballs. They yeah, were snowballs. Yeah, okay, snow- so there's like yeah. a little bit of a double snowball thing going on here. Right. And he's just stuffing them into his cheeks and then yeah. running out of the store. Yeah. So good, man. But let's 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 take a step back because I'm I am way off my cards already. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Caitlin Bree, the ex girlfriend of Dante, his high school girlfriend. We we have already heard how horrible she was to him the night uh, that she was supposed to meet with. Dante or Dante in the room or no that she had sex with Dante in the room but thought it was somebody else right <laughs> so we find out so she's not a great girlfriend that's why you got cheated on the half the like half you time the half cheat yeah right yeah was it was it eight and a half times yeah I want to say that's right I'm, I'm I was scrolling I was looking for it, but I think it's eight and a half is right again Kevin Smith had a very different high school experience than I ever did yeah I think he well maybe it was true but I think he probably embellished some of these numbers for the movie but, well, I've listened know. to enough of his podcast like where he goes back to Jersey and he'll have one of his friends on the show and they'll talk about stuff and I'm just like people yeah. in his high school were having a lot of sex yeah sure <laughs> and were. there may have been people in our high school having a lot of sex too but I definitely wasn't one of them yeah <laughs> nor was I unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> I did not run in the sex circles at the high school yeah. I did not go sex nuts in, yeah. in at Rockville High School but if you had to do it over again, you probably would. <laughs> well, is it one of those situations where, like, you know, if I knew then what I know now kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, course. yeah, I don't yeah. want to sound like a scumbag, but yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I sound like a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, at least you're being honest, though, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, this podcast, we're all friends here on the podcast. We yeah. we, we, we don't keep secrets from each other here. Right. What about, uh, since we're talking about Kaylin, uh, I mean, do you understand, like, the pining for her? somewhat but not really because it wasn't like if Dante's number was really 12 it's not like it was like his first but I guess it was the one that kept getting away from him I guess so it was like that that one he couldn't hold on to but not really I don't know why he was so you know when he had something good going on and it seemed like he could get others you know based on his track record why he pine for her so much i didn't really i didn't really follow that you no i didn't understand it part of me just wondered if it was sort of like um yeah i i have heard that sometimes you have that relationship that you just can't quite you know get out of your system yeah this is that for him i've not really had that experience necessarily but 
again, my experience is far less than Dante's. So, right, right. <laughs> so, I'm with you. no, I just was curious. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of a hardliner when it comes to being cheated on. Luckily, I've never have been, but. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, Caitlin Bree was his first true love because it was high school and mm-hmm. now he's 22. So that means he's been out for four years. He could have had a good run after that, you know, and still be pining for the, you know, his first, you know, big love or whatever, which, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, he seemed to have, again, as Silent Bob points out later on, a pretty good thing going on with Veronica exactly. to throw it away for, you know, a possibility back with her seemed a little foolish, but... You know, oh, it seems very foolish. It. it seems very foolish, and it, it, again, it takes yeah. basically the movie for Dante to figure that out. But I mean, to be fair, how many foolish things did we do at twenty-two oh, years old? Of I, course, right. <laughs> Every now and again, something will pop in my brain from from those days where I was like, "Oh, what an idiot I was." Yeah. Oh, uh, every day. Every day. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, why does that? Why does that happen to us, Ryan? We have good lives. Why do we? Have, why do we have to make ourselves miserable with some dumb thing we did twenty years ago, I don't thirty know. years ago, maybe, almost even? Yeah. So you know, maybe if I forgot my memories from twenty years ago, that might be better. <laughs> you know, if I didn't remember the things I did, but you know, yeah, I, I hope that I'm a better person now. That I don't when I'm like sixty, I don't look back on my forties and be like, "Damn, I was an idiot then too." <laughs> <You know? laughs> You're, I you hope know what? it doesn't repeat every you, 20 years. You are right <laughs> about that. I had not thought about it in that term, but I think you are exactly right. Let's let's hope we don't get to that place. Right. <laughs> All right. Our next title card is, is a Vagary? Vagary. Yeah, Vagary. Right, Vagary. Yeah, yeah, which is an, an erratic or peculiar modification, act, or thought. Uh, this opens with one of my favorite scenes, which is Randall in the video store, reading the newspaper, feet on the counter, ignoring the customer. Who's asking yeah. for like a, a recommendation on a, on a video? I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I don't it appreciate if... your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon. Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. I was only pointing out that you weren't paying any attention to what I was saying. Uh, I hope it feels good. You hope what feels good? I hope it feels so good to be right. There's nothing more exhilarating than pointing out the shortcomings of others, is there? Again, just more. Randall saying all the things that we ever we we wish we had the stones to say back in the day. You can't rent here anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those scenes. Like I just watch it and I laugh. It's just Ooh, me. <laughs> you know, and he gets yeah. so offended at that. Yeah, this is crazy to me because you think that would just roll right off his back, but he. That was the, that was the one thing that I wanted to ask you about. I, I, I was. It's still kind of surprising that he takes such offense to that, considering his actions towards other customers. And we haven't even wants, seen the most egregious yet. That's coming. Yeah, he he, he doesn't want to. He wants to dish it, but he never wants to take it. Like he'll he'll he talks about ripping up memberships at other times. He you know like you can't rent here anymore. But he definitely snaps like when she's like you know screw you right? like <laughs> which honestly isn't even that bad. No, I thought, exactly. That's what I thought too. <laughs> it's not like you tell him to go fuck himself which, uh, you know you drop the F-bomb it escalates right. it a little bit more seriously in my opinion I've had customers in the past like throw things at me <laughs> you know like much worse than, than this right like, yeah I, I, I thought it was a bit of an overreaction on his part yeah <laughs> well you know remember he does believe in the ruling class because he he rules he rules right 
<laughs> this scene also uh, the, 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 the 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 my other note for this section was I, I really enjoyed the one of Walt Flanagan's four appearances in this movie. You have four, yeah. As... I, I saw that too. Like two, I obviously knew, which is this one, the the, this the guidance is the, counselor, the guidance counselor, right? Finding the perfect egg. <laughs> it's also, it's also um, what's his sister's name? Um, his sister plays the uh, woman that's talking that manually masturbates farm animals right. for artificial insemination. That's that's this that's this, this scene though. But well, that is the scene, right? Yeah, that Isn't is it? the scene. Yeah, yeah. That's Kevin's sister. I just can't think of her name right now. Right? Oh, like I don't, I don't recall right? off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, that's Walt. I think does a great job of looking at it and smashing, you know, the eggs against the the fridge. And, and his, his other his other big one was the he's the offended customer. Oh, right. I think I could see her kidney here. <laughs> yeah. That, that. We're not there yet, but yeah, Walt had some good stuff. And I, I again, when he snaps and starts smashing the eggs, but I like, I really like it when he's rolling it along his nipple. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was, it was just, it was just Walt doing a great job. You know, like, it really was. It was. It's a fun scene. I like it so much. And 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 it, 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 how can you not reflect on your high school guidance counselor, who I'm sure had a big impact on your life. Not at all. And, and I was thinking that when they're like, can you think of a more worth it? And I was like, that's such a burn. But then I was like, what's my guidance counselor from high school's name and what did they ever do for me? I couldn't remember either of those. I think they gave me some pamphlets one time for a couple schools, but I, I, I couldn't even like, if you were like, Ryan, for $500,000, name <laughs> one guidance counselor at Rockville. I don't think I could do it. No, can you? no, I can't do it either. I, I think I met my guidance counselor once in four years, and it was like a, a similar circumstance. Uh, I don't think it was pamphlets for college. I think they decided I was uh, more fit for a military lifestyle after oh, high yeah, school. They, they signed me up for the ASVAB. Yes, that's exact. That's the only memory I have of my guidance counselor was doing the ASVAB. You're right. Remember, I had that was like a woman, but I think. That guidance counselor was different from like your counts. I don't even know, man. I high school is so long ago <laughs> now. But Mister Easton, does that sound right? Was that a guidance counselor or was that like a counsel? I, I don't even know. I don't know. But the name sounds familiar. But uh, for all I know, it was a teacher that I just don't remember. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I feel like the guidance counselor that gave me like pamphlets for some school in the ASVAB was a woman. I I don't I don't remember, and I don't remember if there was like different counselors. Long story short, don't remember. Don't remember what they did. I'm sure they helped some people. Just not us. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I was beyond help at that point. I I, I don't know, but uh, I thought it was a serious burn to to guidance counselors all over the world. Actually, we're we're a little off the rails right now, so I I I, I do want to uh, I, I kind of want to follow this for Hold a moment back. detour. <laughs> I am so disconnected from my high school experience uh, because. Well, A, I don't talk to anybody, which is – that's my choice, and I don't, I'm okay with that. Uh, but the last time – one, one of the last times I was back east, like our high school has been completely remodeled. It's not even the building I went to. Well, there's pieces if you really want to get into right, it. Right, but it's so vastly different. Right. They it, kept like some of, the, some of the bones of the auditorium and then the auxiliary gym they built on at some point, which I don't even remember was built when we were there or kind of at the end of it. But yeah, everything else was torn down and completely rebuilt in 2004. I mean, unless and, there's a 
uh, inappropriately nicknamed security guard there hiding under, underneath your car to catch you skipping school. I don't want to yeah. go there. I was like, what was inappropriate about? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I went by there. Let's like, call him JJ for the purposes of this, <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, and if you don't know who we're talking about, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Right. Not Again, not a good look for us back in the 90s. <laughs> That's so stupid. Nope. But yeah, no, I I, just, I have no real connection to high school anymore because I just like that's not where I went. I, I would walk around that school and be lost now. Yeah, it, it's completely different for sure. But, and I've only been in a couple times because you know I still live so close. I, I voted in there, you know, like right. before. You know, so it's it's a completely. It does not feel like home. Well, and we're. I mean, this is about to get like really hyper centric to people who know us, <laughs> but. I mean, where you live now, like your kids are going to Richard Montgomery, aren't they? If you they stay, will still, they will go to Rockville High School. They will. Like, yeah, they're going to your alma mater, elementary school, Maryvale. <laughs> they'll go to Wood, and then they'll go to Rockville. That, yeah, don't, if, don't if ask what stay, class I was in Maryvale. I don't know how, like eighty-seven or something, eighty-eight. Yeah. Well, that's completely different. You know, they just opened the new school last year, so you can't go to your old elementary school and feel feel at home either. No. Throw that down too. Well, as long as the hostess store is still there, that's all that matters. It is now a granite countertop place, but it, the, the building you. is still there. How dare yeah. you? You've just ruined our everything. Right. Where well, else well, is there, my, uh, there is a nice local brewery right across the street. You did tell me that. You did tell me that last time I was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, we, we, but we were hanging out. If anyone wants to check that out. <laughs> yeah, but we were hanging out at like four in the morning, so it wasn't open yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll get back to the movie now instead of uh, our, our Rockville, Maryland chat. I mean, if we want to do a whole other Rockville, Maryland podcast, I'd be glad to spend like 17 hours talking about something that no one cares about. But, oh my, we, we would have me, 12 listeners, and they all graduated between 95 and 98. Cool. <laughs> It'll be great. Huge numbers. Our next title card is uh, Purgation. How about that one? Uh, sure, Purgation that is mean? an act of getting rid of something disagreeable, flawed, or unsatisfactory. Uh, this is also the scene where Randall, not paying attention, is covering the store and sells cigarettes to a small oh, yeah. child. <laughs> yeah, a very small child, like criminally small child. Like, right. like they should have been arrested, not fined for this. Right. <laughs> this also has uh, the scene we talked about: uh, Dante and Randall having the porn conversation, the jizz mopper, if yeah. you will, and the offended customer, also once again played by Walter Flanagan. You also, right. and this is also the annoying customers conversation. Right. Well, this job would be great except for the annoying customers. Is that, is yeah, that this? Yeah, that's the bit. And they start talking about like the milkmaids and Dante's yeah. like the milkmaids who come in there looking for the, the ageless gallon of milk. And you know who that is, right? His mom. Yeah, that's his mom. That's his mom. <laughs> that's Grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love the offended customer. And the, yeah. obviously, we, we already talked about Randall's response to that customer. <laughs> Having yeah. flashes the nudie mag at him. <laughs> and he runs out of the store screaming. Like, right. Yeah, so, it's great. Uh, great scene. I will never come to this place again. Excuse me? Using filthy language in front of the customers. You both should be fired. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess we kind of got carried away. Well, I, I don't know if sorry can make up for it. You've highly offended me. Well, if you think that's offensive, check this out. I think you can see her kid. So at this point, I think I want to ask you, mm -hmm. who were your annoying customers in your time? I, you know, to say that I had a group of annoying customers like that, I don't know if I could come up with like a name of, you know, 
circuit again we worked both of us worked at circuit and we both worked in the the music mm-hmm. department and i mean you had those same customers that come in and i actually liked a lot of them there were some customers that were annoying that would never trust that you didn't have other things in the back hiding out when you're like i got nothing else in the back and it was like can you can you check the back and it's like dude i just told you there's nothing back there all i do all day is pull these things out of boxes and put them out here trust me there's nothing back there but there's those kind of people they bothered me i mean um i don't you know i don't i don't have like the cool groups of customers like they they, you know that Dante and Randall were able to, to to rally off. I mean, do you remember any particular? No, I, I, I was going to say, though, how that sort of that that group that you mentioned, the ones who think there's always something in the back. Yes, uh, that's still a thing uh, for listeners who don't know. I am back in a retail environment and it's actually a job I really like. So I'm sort of, it's it's sort of weird. I'm sort of I am sort of Dante in a way because I much, you know, let's spoil it at the end of Clerks too when they open the convenience store for themselves. Uh, so I'm back in the retail world. I really, really like it. But yeah, I I still have those, those customers who they will ask you like, "Hey, is there any more of this in the back?" And you know, you'll go to great lengths to accommodate them. And you're like, "Oh, you know, I looked this up, and it's going to be in the warehouse tomorrow night, and so it'll be here the next day." And they're like, "Yeah, but there's there's none in the back." I'm like, no, man, there's right. there's none in the back, and right. that that's still a thing. <laughs> that is still right. a thing. Yeah. And so that that's annoying. And now I'm not I'm not going to get into my I'm saving my retail horror story. <laughs> for later and I know you got some good ones too and we'll get into those at the end of the show but yeah I don't have like a specific group necessarily like I mean I could be really mean and say that like you know seniors are terrible but not all seniors are terrible there's a, there's a handful that are kind of high maintenance but seniors are mostly most seniors are really nice yeah it's just you know it's always like one or two that really kind of ruin it for everybody else right well absolutely I mean most of my customers honestly I really enjoyed and and again it's it's olden times now it's like gather around kids let me tell you about the old days when you know like (laughs) cds used to drop on tuesdays and you have your loyal tuesday customers come in that were looking for those new new releases and they wanted to talk about them or that they'd come in you know be like what's coming out you know have you gotten the shipment what's in the next you know you you got to know those people you know pretty well i did love tuesdays and and and, you know the new release boxes those those were that was pretty fun right i hated not working on a tuesday right like it was like you wanted to be there Monday and Tuesday because you see the shipment come in and what was coming out, so you could first off pull off all the stuff you wanted <laughs> well, because you of course wanted. you'd you'd spend seventy five percent of your paycheck, you know, buying. Hey, are there any balls down there? About the biggest pair you ever seen, Diggleberry. All right, Ryan, we had a little technical difficulty there. Want to want to finish that thought again about when you're buying yeah, and spending all your I money back? Was, <laughs> yeah, I was saying that, you know, you working on Mondays, you'd come in and you'd get the box of new releases. You could put everything aside that you wanted to buy, realize it was going to be 75% of your paycheck, buy it anyways, and then you know what you'd have for your customers on Tuesday. So Monday and Tuesdays were good days to actually work in a CD store. And, you know, now everything's digital and you don't have that cool, like everybody wants to come someplace at the same time and talk about all the new stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I miss retail sometimes for stuff like like old school retail for for stuff like that. I know I, I I hope he doesn't mind me me sharing this uh, little nugget here, but uh, another another friend of the podcast, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, uh, used to work at a uh, Blockbuster Music. Oh, did he? Do <laughs> you remember that? That was down the street from yeah. us. They were our, one of our rivals for a while. Yeah, they sure were. <laughs> so yeah, his retail experience and my retail experience is what kind of like what bonded us back in the day. Yeah. I. 
I wonder if being a blockbuster, you know, music, he still went to Tower Records at midnight on Mondays. <laughs> Uh, that that was the equivalent of you and I going to Big Video, Big, big Stop yeah, Video, big right? Choice. Big Choice. Every time I see Big Choice, all I think about is going to Tower. But most of the, you know, there was always more stuff at Tower or Big Choice in the, the, the clerk's yeah, world. Right. But I'd still try to just use their listening stations because, again, kids gathered around the fire here. You couldn't just stream music and listen to it. You had to actually hear it somewhere. So they'd have their listening stations up and they had lots of them which were little things you actually put headphones on, which sounds so crazy in a pandemic, put headphones on <laughs> after the person in front of you and press the little buttons and listen to the CDs. And um, we would listen to them and I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to buy that one at my store tomorrow. And I'd buy <laughs> nothing from Tao. Unless it was some rare CD that, because our, again, we weren't a good video store or a, a good CD store. We were a small CD store. So I'd have to buy some stuff from Tower. But most of the time it was just a listening party to figure out what I wa- really wanted to buy. I think we also just like the fact that they were open till midnight, <laughs> or yeah. open, or it would stay open late on New Release Day. No, it would stay. It would stay open technically to twelve fifteen. They wanted you to right. be in line by like twelve fifteen to buy the stuff. But yeah, that was know. that. The, then we then it was we, great. Then we would go to IHOP <laughs> or Denny's yeah. or what you know, Silver Diner, yeah. any of that stuff. Whatever we go to. Right. <laughs> oh, back in the day, Ryan. Back in sounds like a great Monday you know, night to me, and then you know. Be up to open the store in what felt like early, but I mean, the store didn't open until like nine or 10. So you'd get there at like eight o'clock in the morning. And that was, you know, I'm using air quotes early, you know? (laughs) I know. And I, I, it's so funny thinking back to that as being early because now I have a job where a couple days a week I'm in there at like 4 30. (laughs) So, (laughs) but also, again, I think back to those days too. And like, we didn't need much sleep. Like we, we oh. got a couple hours and then we were ready to go. <laughs> now now my three hours, I'm good. Yeah, right? now so. now I, you now it needs like I need like a forklift to get out of bed sometimes. I'm like I don't want to get up. That's right. <laughs> With you. Oh man, Oh, uh, the good old days. I like this reminiscing we're having. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it it does it totally fits into our movie here, our movie we were talking about. We are talking about clerks. I swear we are. Yeah. <laughs> our next title card here is Malaise. Which is an all-around feeling of illness or bad health without any exact cause. Appropriate. This is yeah. this is when uh, Dante finds out he has been completely lied to by his boss, who is now in Vermont for the weekend. Right. <laughs> has this ever happened to you? No. <laughs> no. Luckily, we're right. places Luckily, with no. a bit more structure to him. Yeah. Why Dante just doesn't close the store and leave multiple times, I don't know. But again, I guess he's a he's a good guy and he just likes to complain. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of like the the, the through line and in, in the, the a lot of the conversation he has with with Randall, kind of exploring his anger and frustration and how it's kind of misplaced. Is you know, he kind of sort of does like being the one to have to shoulder these burdens, but then also kind of complain about it at the same time. And I know plenty of people like that. In, in my in, in my current work environment, really, who who want to make it seem like the way the world's on their shoulders, <laughs> even though yeah. it's like this will be here long after we're gone. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this too shall pass, my friends. This too <laughs> yeah. shall pass. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, this also leads to uh, one of the what I think is a really iconic scene. I don't think anyone of us had ever thought of anything like this before in our lives. But hockey on the roof of the of the quick stop. Right. <laughs> And other than Dante's offensive Penguins jersey, uh, yeah, it's it. And 
probably being the worst hockey game I've ever seen. <laughs> but, well, it really wasn't much of a, a game. They no. spent more time drinking Gatorade than actually playing. They right? clean up the Gatorade cooler. He, Dante yeah. relents, lets one guy get Gatorade, and so they all get take the Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> but I something about that scene is just so funny to me. Like the idea of them playing hockey on the rooftop with their business. Why not? Yeah. And so he wanted to put hockey in the movie. You know he did. And he's like, what would be cool? Let's do it on the roof. Like, you know, like, so. Well, and yeah. you, again, something you've been hearing about all day from the very beginning. is like Dante is like, I have a game at two. I have a game at two. Be, right. be, be, swear you'll be at the store by 12. And, you know, these are the things that open the movie. Right. And, you know, the time comes to play the game. And he's like, fuck it. Play on the roof because I, I just got screwed over. Right. And again, a very short game. Not a great game. Yeah, I hope they didn't try to walk that ladder with those skates on. <laughs> <laughs> I think they laced up on top. Was there? Yeah, I hope so. I think that. Oh, actually, wait, I take it back. I think they show they him were... lacing up in the store. That's what I mean. They show him lacing in the store, yeah. and I think they show the one guy getting Gatorade kind of skating around in the store. And I'm like, how the hell did they get up the ladder? I hope they took that off and like climbed up without it. But that's just, you know. Kids from Jersey, they're reckless. What are you going to do? Right. <laughs> and again, another line in here. Uh, that's just a, a classic. Is, anyone seen any, any balls, balls down, down there? there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Biggest pair you ever seen, Dingleberry? Right, right, right. <laughs> just, come on. Absolutely. How does it not tickle you still? <laughs> it, it does. It does. <laughs> I had so much fun watching this movie from start to finish. It'd been it'd been far too long, and I was again. There's there's probably a fair bit of nostalgia now for my my lost misspent youth. Um, but it, I think this movie's really enjoyable, man. And people who haven't seen it are missing out. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree. I recommend it to everybody I see, and I'm like, it may not resonate with you, but you should watch it anyway. It's a good movie, right? Like, so with, with the hockey scene, you get the, the the angry customer who wants the store to be open, right? Right. Why do you ch- Why do you let this guy play with you? Like, don't you think that <laughs> this is gonna go awry real quickly? Because he said he sucked. He <laughs> yeah, challenged him. He challenged. said you suck. Don't pass like, that guy. He sucks. Right. Right. <laughs> And he doesn't have he skates was. on, so he has leverage. And he's able to knock Dante off the ball. That bothered right. me. Like, you got to have skates on, man. Come on. It's not right. fair. Or had Dante take his skates off, right? Like, he should have <laughs> evened the playing field some way, right? But I, I do enjoy any time a guy wearing a Penguins jersey gets knocked on his back. That makes me yeah. That makes me yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a very anti-Penguins podcast, just for anyone who cares. Yeah, we don't really like them. Never will. Not going to happen. All right, uh, I think after this we get to our next title card. We're, we're, we're picking up here. Harbinger. Oh, I think we know what a harbinger is. A person or thing that predicts the future. And it's a dark future, my friend. Things get dark mm-hmm. real quick. This is the introduction of the, the old pervy old customer. Man. <laughs> who wants to use the bathroom and take the nudie mags with him. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> First he wants the soft toilet paper because yes. of hemorrhoids. Yes. Then he wants something to read. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's actually, it's an enjoyable scene, and I can remember from the first time reading it, you you really, and, and again, it's the way that the film's paced, so you don't necessarily need to see his exit, but you forget about him until the end, right? Yeah, and it's like, because, oh yeah, that guy, like, he came in, right? Like, Yeah, he comes in, goes to the bathroom, and then we cut to, to Dante and Randall talking about Julie uh, Julie Dwyer's funeral. Right. Which, right. which, which will lead to uh, another great quote from the movie. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? And this is when uh, Dante closes the store for the second time after the yeah. hockey game. So they can go to the funeral because right. it's the social event of the season, as as, Dante, as Randall has, has told us. <laughs> and this gets us into the suck your own dick conversation. Right. Which I'm sure Never. you've had with your kids at this point already in their lives. 
No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> We're saving that one. We're going to do that on like their ninth birthday. Ninth birthday. All right. Well, all right. Seems a little late, but all right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, another conversation that is probably wildly inappropriate by today's standards, but right. fucking made me so, laugh, especially when Randall turns the tables on him at the end. Right. Well, so the, the, the question on all your listeners' mind is, did you ever try it? <laughs> no, I could never reach. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I can never reach. Reach what? You know. What, your dick? Yeah, like you said, I guess everybody gets curious and tries it sometime. I never tried it. <laughs> Fucking pervert. Uh, it's so the the conversation the payoff of the conversation is so good like, even if you're like kind of like disgusted by the topic <laughs> when Reno's like ew no nope. <laughs> fucking pervert fucking pervert <laughs> it's so great and again I think we all th- these are conversations we all had with our friends where they would get us and you're like damn it right, right. no it's, it's a perfect delivery thing and then obviously we get uh, uh, the next chapter which is uh, I'm gonna say this one wrong perspicacity sure yeah okay. i mean perspective right the intensity of judgment or observation right and uh, <laughs> this is them exiting the funeral home in a mad dash because right. uh randall has knocked over the casket and julie dwyer's body has spilled all over the floor right <laughs> which again this is one of those scenes where like you know kevin had written it out we all yeah. kind of know that story at this point you know that they they, they plan to do it but it was too expensive they couldn't you know do the scene correctly so they just they just kind of cut and they talk about it back at the convenience store and i kind of think it works better this way yeah i was gonna say i think it i think it works better because it's you paint your own picture in your mind like you still get the story but you you don't have to i mean it would have worked if he filmed it but i I get why he didn't and but it's enough this way right like it's definitely enough it's definitely enough but you also have like that that moment where they're running, they jump in the car, and they're tearing ass out of there. And you're yeah. like, what the hell happened? Right. <laughs> and so you, like, there's a little bit of a, of, of, of like, what just happened here? Like, what's going on? And you, 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 you get, when you get the payoff, it definitely uh, meets expectations, I think, for why yeah. the, why you'd be running out of a funeral home. Yeah. I, and uh, for for fans out there, for the if you want to get deep, that scene has been done is, is, is in one of the clerk com- Clerks comic books, which right. I don't know if they're still in print, but I'm sure you can find them online somewhere. It, it's the the clerk books that were published by Oni back in God the late '90s, early 2000s, and that scene was illustrated uh, and and brought to life basically. So if you if you're really curious about what happened at the funeral home, it is there is a version of it you can find. And you, and you get to meet finger cuffs in that scene before. Yes. Yeah. Alyssa um, Jones. Yes. Yeah, you know, we we'll use her real name, Ryan. Come on, treat her like yeah, a person. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. Right, I don't want to okay? be that guy. I just I couldn't <laughs> think of a real name. I could remember maybe that says something about me. I don't know, but yeah, we 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 meet her in that scene. You know, it, actually bringing that up, it's a really good point uh, or a good, really good time to mention that. I mean, this movie ended up kind of being the beginning of like a shared universe. You know, long before there was a Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything like that. Like there was the View Askew universe of. of you know, characters who would run across each other in different movies. You know, obviously Jay and Silent Bob being the big, big through characters. Uh, but yeah, you meet Alyssa Jones. Eventually, you meet her in Chasing Amy. I'm, I, I, in case I didn't iterate it enough, I'm really glad we're talking about Clerks in, in Kevin Smith movies because uh, so many of them are, are super important to me. But it's, it's been hard to kind of bring up 
like a comedy movie on the on the podcast, and so I'm glad you made me do it. <laughs> like that's been it's, that's been a really nice treat. Good. You get the whole thing with uh with Jay and and Silent Bob dealing in front of the store, <laughs> which yeah. yeah. And then this is where we get Randall who wants to go rent movies. Right. Let me borrow your car. <laughs> yeah. And they get into a big argument, which eventually uh, basically culminates with uh, Randall spitting water in that customer's face. Right. Who Cute cat. What's his name? <laughs> Annoying customer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they get into, like, the, in a, again, another conversation with the customers. But, like, the, and the guy's annoying. Like, people reading the tabloids. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I couldn't stand it. I I don't know if I'd have that reaction. I'd want to spit in his face. I yeah. I don't know if I ever had a customer I was so annoyed that I would suck in water and spit in his face. I mean that is pretty like. <laughs> it's egregious. Yeah. No, and then like Dante has to kind of cover up for him, you know, and like give the guy his money back and apologize. Which was and... Really quick thinking on his feet when he was like, "Oh, you meant to hit me." And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's great." Like, I, I don't know. I would have just probably sat there like jaw on the floor, like not knowing what to do. Like he, he was, he was pretty quick with the cover there, you know, the, the, to make it work. Yeah, yeah, but uh, again, it leads to sort of a we, we we see a bit of a fight developing. Obviously, Dante's still sore about what happened at the funeral home, right? <laughs> but you kind of get to see a little bit of a. I don't know. I don't want to say like a wedge necessarily, but you you, you see that Dante and Randall's relationship has like there's some friction there because yeah. because Randall is the one who does all these things and Dante is the one who has to kind of clean up the mess. I like I like having having this movie kind of organized by the by the by the title cards though. It, yeah. it does kind of help. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we we get to our next one, Paradigm, which is in a typical example of something. How's that for vague? Vague. Yes. But I think you know, I paradigm's a word I like, so it's all good. But this is you, you get you get the trainer making fun of him for sighing when he lifts the milk. Rick Darris. <laughs> Rick Darris, baby. <laughs> uh, this thing cracks me up too. I I just love him getting mocked for sighing lifting a gallon of milk. Right. <laughs> we also get oh the the Alyssa Jones references in this scene. Yeah. Oh, Rick Darris sleeps with, with Caitlin Bree because they talk about Caitlin Bree. So another example right. of someone who's had sex with Caitlin Bree while in a relationship with Dante Hicks. That's right. <laughs> How awkward is that <laughs> for you? Very <laughs> awkward, especially since isn't the next scene where she shows up? I mean, because she's like, I just saw Rick Darris and yes, what's she, her name leave? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, uh, and apparently that doesn't phase him at all. Right, like he's still no, all about he's getting still with her. All about getting with her at this point. Right. You know, I mean, right. I, I think we, we, I think we, we skipped over the part where Veronica brings him a lasagna for God's sake. I mean, how nice yes, is that? Yeah. No one's ever brought me a lasagna. Not even, not even my own wife. We skip all the stuff where you find out, like, oh, oh, I guess we haven't. That's later on when he's talking to James Lightbot, where he's like, "Didn't she change a tire for you?" And he's like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, no, she just jacked up the tire and loosened the nuts. I did all the rest or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> oh my god, you're right. That's so, it's so good. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, in this section is when Randall arrives at Big Choice Video yeah. <laughs> and falls to his knees. Which I believe also in reading, you know, it was supposed to be a long scene and they had technical difficulties. They, they had no audio or something, so they just cut it up and made it shorter. But I think it also works, you know, like there was supposed to be more there, though, in the, the final cut of the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I meant to bring it up earlier when I was talking about the soundtrack that's on the picture as, 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 as we've always known it to be. But, you know, before Miramax picked up the movie, 
I would think when it was just shown around at film festivals, there was there was no soundtrack. I mean, it was just the movie. And it's so oh, wow. it's so hard for me to think of it that way, of there being a version of this with none of those songs in it. Yeah, that'd be a little weird, I think. But, you know, it, it, the movie is raw with the black and white look and the the single shot camera and everything, you know, so I guess it would be okay without it. But I, I like the soundtrack, too, so I wouldn't want it out. But I'd kind of be curious to see that version just to see how it feels, you know? Like, well, like I said, I... When, I mean, when 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 the music started playing when I was watching through this time around, like, I, I, and again, I I, I fear, freely admit it's a nostalgia bump, but I it was one I really liked. Yeah. So I, I I yeah, a version of this without the soundtrack is like, oh man, that would be really weird. Yeah, we we skipped the part where Dante, we sort of talked about it before, but Dante gets the fine during the. Oh, you're right. Cruise. We did skip that. Yeah, that's back in the par- yeah earlier in Paradigm. The 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 the, the county regulator or whatever i forget his title right. comes in while the trainer and that girl are making fun of dante for being out of shape right and gives him like what was it a 500 like, fine yeah it's either four or five hundred dollars i'm looking at what it says here but yeah it's a it's a pretty pretty hefty fine and he says this cannot be contested in any court of law what the fuck like, <laughs> why not like you know, like, that was crazy. Well, clearly um, we learned from that scene that when someone asks you if, if you've been there all day, you say no. No, right. right. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Randall did this negligent, negligent Randall selling children yeah. cigarettes. Are you looking for the fine right now? Yeah, I'm looking for it right now. I'm trying to find it and see if it, <laughs> how much it was, but uh, I don't know if it tells me. 500. Okay, 500 it was 500. No, I'm dude. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm I'm annoyed that I didn't have it in my notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a big deal now, especially in 1994. That's a huge deal, right? Like that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. 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 So yeah, and it's after that scene. Dante uh, Randall a big choice. Then Caitlin comes back, and she mentions seeing Rick Darius and and everybody else. And I think it's like the one part of the movie that that. On a personal level, like it doesn't—I uh, don't want to say annoys, but it, like it's, it, it chafes me a little bit. Where it's like, oh, like Dante's about to cheat on Veronica with this girl, and it bums mm-hmm. me out a little bit. Like I, I don't understand his right his uh, uh, inability to to not function with her. Right, I, I don't get it either. Yeah, but... and again, I, I say it, it's weird watching it now. I mean, it it bothered me a little bit back in the day, but watching it now as like a forty-year-old married man, I'm like, oh. If I couldn't, but, I couldn't you know, conduct my business, my I, affairs that way. Yeah, I, I kind of like that Kevin did that, though. Um, I talk like I know Mr. Smith did that um, because if if Veronica was just nasty and evil, no one would care, right? You wouldn't get the 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 tension and the term, you know, like the fact that she's good and then he still pines for this other girl. I think makes the movie if. If you didn't like Veronica and feel that Veronica was the right choice for him, it just it, there wouldn't be that tension that that kind of drives the drives the movie along. So I like that he made her the better choice, and yet Dante's still making the what I would think most of the audience views as the wrong choice. Right. Well, and now Caitlin is gonna basically be cheating on the Asian design the major. Asian design major, right? With with Dante Sang or Sing, I can't remember his name now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be cheating with each other in that, but then they're going to be end up with each other, right? So, so. 
and again, everyone who's listened to the podcast knows. So like, we're not getting like, you know by jumping ahead, we're not we're not really spoiling anything for anybody. But does Caitlin sort of deserve what's going to happen to her next? No, <laughs> who deserves that? <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were vindictive. I was testing no, you. I... <laughs> like, is but you don't think there's any level of karma in there at all? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big trauma to go through. Oh, I mean, agreed. I mean, I, I. I'll be honest. I think that scenario is extremely unlikely that it would actually happen the way that, that it happens in the movie. I think that's like a one in a billion shot that everything would would work in that way. But um, I don't think anybody deserves that for just about <laughs> anything. That's that's life altering, you know, like. So do you think she that she deserves that karma check? I mean, I mean, no. I mean, again, like you said, no one really deserves that kind of thing to happen to them. Obviously, like, you know. God, it would be sick. You just fucked a total stranger. Oh, shut the fuck I up. Call the police. No, don't. Because there's a stranger in our bathroom. He just raped Caitlyn. Oh, she God. said she did all the. Will you shut the fuck up? No, I'm just gonna say no. Right. I'm gonna stop talking. Right. No. right, I was gonna say no is the safe answer there, but I mean. You know what happens is is awful, but again, I, I I just can't see that actually happening in a real world scenario. So you know, but but uh, well, going back to back to to Dante and Caitlin's conversation in general uh, overall, it's kind of a weird. It, I don't know. I thought it was kind of gross, like Dante's sort of you know attempt to convince her to go out with him, sort of thing. You know, I don't know. I, I thought it's probably my own personal sensibilities. It obviously you need it for the movie. And for for Dante's character to to do these things and like to fuck up his relationship with with Veronica, but it, it was I don't know it just was weird the way he's kind of pleading with her, right? I don't know. I just I was like, ooh. No. no, I'm with you. I feel the same way. It's it's just it's just, it's the downside of Dante, right? But the the whole point so that he can re- well, I, does he really learn his lesson in the end? Do you think? I mean, does he does he walk away from this a better person? I mean, spoilers, uh, he's not with Veronica in Clerks 2, so, you know, maybe not. Right. <laughs> and Dante still has the same kind of hang-ups in, the, in, in Clerks yeah, 2. Yeah, that's true. So I guess he doesn't learn too much from this, does he? No, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a day in the life thing, you know? Right. I, I, I mean, that's kind of like the charm of the movie, really, honestly. It's like yeah. they experience something. Again, tying it back into, like, us as real people, change happens over time, right? Mm-hmm. These things shape us down the road. They don't, you know, we don't wake up the next morning necessarily and like we are different now. It's it's sort of an evolution, and, and maybe right. for Dante it was you know it was much more aligned with reality. Yeah, you know, he becomes aware that he did some dumb shit, which is always good. That that leads to change, right? I gotta mention the Jay dancing scene here. Yeah, because a it's killer, yeah. but that stabbing Westward song, I still love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this soundtrack is awesome. I love the soundtrack so much. When I was done watching the movie, I put on the soundtrack. Did you? Do you? Did you put it on as a physical CD, or did you just stream it? That is a great question. I streamed it, but I still right, own good. the physical CD. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I have it. It's not as accessible. I mean, it's in the garage, but I, I know I have the, the I, actual physical CD disc somewhere. In I, I, I have parted with much of my CD collection over the years, but there are some that are just like, I can't get rid of that. That's like right. iconic to me. And right. the, the Clerk soundtrack is one of those. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, another reason why that Clerk soundtrack is so great is because it has 
dialogue, which was a fairly new thing at the de- at that time. Yeah, including yeah. snippets of dialogue in there. So like you listen listen to the soundtrack and get some of like the memorable quotes from the film, which I right. think is what made some of them so memorable to us. For sure. You know, a lot of the ones you mentioned on that soundtrack. You know, No yeah. Time for Love, Dr. Jones. All that stuff's right there. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I love that Stabbing Westward song. Stabbing Westward, criminally underrated group. Yeah, I mean, it's got that, that What a Wookiee song in there. You during know? The, yeah, during remember. the Star Wars scene. Yep. Yeah, that there, I was going to say, what scene is it? Obviously the Star Wars scene, <laughs> but I couldn't place it there. For me. They, they, but, they played in the background. It's like real low. Right. Right, I, but I play that for my kids. My kids are real into Star Wars, and like, I'll play that. I'll be like, oh, I'll ask Google to play that for them, and they, they like it, right? Nice. Like, it's talking about a Wookiee, right? Like, so it's, it's things I remember. I wouldn't have even known that song if it wasn't for the Clerk soundtrack. Well, don't don't play the next bit where where, where Randall returns from Big Choice, uh, and he, he returns with hermaphroditic porn. Yes. Is this one of your favorite she- categories of porn or not? Wait, best best of both worlds, chicks Chase with tits to put mine to shame. I mean, <laughs> I can remember that line ever. No, it's you know, it's not so much my wheelhouse. It's not your niche, your uh, your no. fetish, your your trope. <laughs> no, and you know, most of your listeners would probably be bored with the things I like. Honestly, I'm not into anything weird. <laughs> what what's your fetish, Tom? Let the let the listeners know. <laughs> Everybody wants to know what you're into. Um, uh, church on Sundays. That's what I mean. Yeah. No. <laughs> Everyone knows my porn is watching Star Wars. Okay? That's right. right. Empire. Right. Over and over again on a loop. Though Solo has grown on me. I watch that a lot, actually, nowadays. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, we already talked about this scene. It's not even like a scene. But we already talked about this this little bit of the, of the, epi- of the, of the movie where this is when Jay and Son of Bob tape the word balloon to the door so Randall comes out it looks like he says he eats cock right again not something you can really say nowadays but another scene that just tickles me to no end right it's just them laughing going like ah ha like pointing the finger at him and like Randall's like what yeah it's very throwaway but it's funny right it makes me laugh have you ever taped a word balloon to a glass door Probably, I <laughs> and probably based off this this movie, but I, you know, I can't. Uh, no specific example comes to mind. You? No, I no no. I, it would have felt like a plagiarism. I, I, right. I, you know, I was I was stealing it, <laughs> but it's a great bit. Flattery. I loved it so much. Right. <laughs> All right. Our next title card is whimsy, a thought that has no apparent explanation to exist. This is is Caitlin and Randall in the store. Oh. This is when they're, you know, Dante's gone home to change for the date. So oh. Caitlin and, and Randall are basically verbally sparring. But you, you, this is where you really kind of get Randall's loyalty to Dante, right? Right, where he tells him that she'd kill him or she he'd kill her if she ever broke his heart or whatever. Like, I had him first, that, that type of scene. Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, it's all setting up her going to the bathroom where right. horrible things will happen next. Yeah. Um. the The question I had about this scene that I, I, I obviously throughout the movie they've been talking. Dante and Randall have been talking about what Caitlin's done to him in the past, what Veronica means to him now, her pushing him to be a better person, go back to school, all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think it's? I don't know. What do you think of of, of Randall not being more like direct and like I don't think you should do this, Dante. This is a bad idea. Yeah, I think he should have 
you know, giving him advice to stay with Veronica as opposed to going back. He doesn't really do that, but he doesn't seem to really get involved in who he chooses. I mean, he he does a little, and I'm trying to think if there's a specific example. I think he does push back a little bit of some things or ask him questions about it. And now I want to go back and try to find it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Oh no, no. I mean, they, they have great back and forth about it all day long. And, 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 you know, I don't know. I feel like Dante has like a lot of circular logic, that, you right. know. But again, this scene kind of reinforces Randall's loyalty loyalty to Dante, and I think Randall is the only one who's really aware that like Caitlin's gonna mess, like do something. Caitlin, you know, right. she will go out with him and and toy with him, and probably go back to the Asian design major. No, she's and gonna I cheat on like, him again. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like Randall should be a little bit more proactive in 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 protecting his friend here. Right now, again. I don't mean that as a criticism of the, of the movie and of the story. I just it's just something I, I thought about when that scene played out. I was like, I really feel like Randall should have been like, "Hey, get the fuck out of here." Well, yeah, but I mean, Randall also makes a mistake later on where he oh, tells, yeah. "Oh yeah, Veronica," and it's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like in, in any situation, that is not helping your friend at all. Like, no, no, he he doesn't do enough in this scene, and then in the next one, he does way too much. Right, right. But I don't know where he ever thought that was a good idea or helpful in any way, right? Like, yeah, and this is when, when, when uh, Caitlin goes to the bathroom to have right. sex with a dead man, the dead man right. with the with the soft toilet paper and the porno mags that Dante gave him, who we all have right. forgotten about by this point in the movie. Yeah, which leads hey to another title card. Can you believe it, Ryan? I, I can believe it. Quandary, a condition of doubt or uncertainty as to what to do in a certain situation. So this is when Dante returns. <laughs> Caitlin comes out of the bathroom uh, uh, in the afterglow of some hot sex with a dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I would say the acting in this, this scene is pretty believable. Like, I think they did a good job on the scene. Like, I think you're movie, right. This movie was very... You know, as you know, it was shot on like $26,000 and they were saving, t- you know, and they, there's there's points where people trip up and they leave it in and, you know, like that you see it. But this scene, I think, was one of the one of the better with the three of them. Like you, 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 you believed it. Right. Like, I think it was it was done pretty well. I think, she, you know, I think she did a great job and they did a great job selling it, you know, for such a ridiculous situation. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I I really like Dante's reaction because he's like yeah. he's like, oh my god, Caitlin was just raped. We got to call up, you know, who the fuck is back there? Like it, you're you're I you, I agree with everything. And you Randall's said, 100%. like she said she did all the work. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Randall still being Randall, but yeah, I I liked the sort of the the implied seriousness, even though at this point as an audience, we're like, oh shit, is that old guy in there? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that I think it's at this point that we're all like going back to our minds, like wait. Who is in there? Right. What? All right. This is a weird question, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the dead man's enormous erection. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I really ever paid that much attention to it, like before, but it's, it's ridiculous. Fucking it's huge. Ridiculous. It's fucking yeah. huge. Like, no wonder she too. has such a good time. And and why does why does Snowball get in the back of that ambulance? I was. <laughs> <laughs> And why? Well, first off, why is she in the back of the ambulance with him, and then why? Why does he get in there just randomly to go? Like, I love the fact that he just climbed in there and sat right. next to the corpse with a giant erection. Right. <laughs> it made me laugh so much because it's just, so completely I, random. 
they would not have put her in there with him, like, <laughs> especially with that that big tent that was pitched, as you mentioned before. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not a chance. There's not a chance. No, like I said, I, I don't know if I can say with any honesty that before I, I, I thought much about the size of that of that dead man's erection, but it's yeah. fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that actually made me laugh and enjoy the scene a little bit more than I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah, I love the conversation with the uh, with the. I don't the know. Corner. Is, is it a? Is it, it's the corner, right? Okay. Yeah, the corner. Yeah. I love that whole thing with the. You yeah, know, when it comes back around to the 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 neck broken, trying to suck his own dick, you know, like yeah. the whole thing. So. And when uh, she's asking all these questions, they're like, "Oh, we closed the store to do this." And he's like, "I thought you were here all day." I did. The right. store was, you know, and then obviously, an even even better ending of it is is like, "What kind of convenience store do you run here?" Run here, right? It's great. <laughs> And they, and they throw back in, I think, for the last time, like, what well, smells like shoe polish? I yes, that was she does mention that too. as well. You get another shoe yeah. polish reference in that scene. It's, yeah. it's, it's so great. Like, everything's kind of, like, uh, coming together, I feel like, towards, you know, as, as, as the movie kind of gets towards its, uh, its big moments here, you know? Uh, the, I think these scenes in particular are really, really tight. Yeah. You, you could make an argument that some of the stuff in the middle is a little bit all over the place, but I, I wouldn't make that argument. I I, I I just think there's a little bit uh, better writing in some of these scenes, though. Right. I mean, I think if you wanted to, you know, cut things out of the movie, you could. Like, you could cut out the hockey game, although I think it's good to be in there because he's mentioning about the hockey game from the first phone call. You know, like... Right. It it doesn't really drive anything except some jokes about Gatorade and, you know, like, closing the store. You could cut out the, the casket being knocked over, but I also like that. You know, you could... You could make arguments to take those things out, but I, I think they're all good to leave in. That it just paints a much broader picture of the the whole day and in their lives, right? Yeah, I you know I, I don't even know if I'd make the argument that anything needed to be trimmed out of here. I I just think you know as we kind of reach the the, the conclusion and resolution of our story, I I think Kevin's writing just got a little it went up a notch because I really like the interplay with all these different characters and. Again, a lot of things from the beginning are starting to come back around again, which is really nice too. Yeah. And you know, maybe like you said, uh, you know, I I, I don't know if, if you know if they film how chronologically they filmed. I don't know if they went in order, if they were kind of like they just filmed when they could, and then they cut it together later. But like you said, I think some of the acting is better later in the movie than it, than some of the early stuff. Right. Well, I think like again, there's there's scenes where people try, like I think the coroner, if I remember correctly, had a little bit where she stumbles on one of her lines. Jay stumbles on one of his lines, but play, you know, in the end, but plays mm-hmm. it off very well because mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I messed up," but he's he's recanting a story his grandmother used to say. So it's just like he could have just been saying, "Oh, I messed up," you, you know, like right, right. It works out, but you, you kind of catch him. And you're like, "Oh, I think they," you know, like there was a mistake there that they would have recut if they had multiple shoots to take or whatever, but it works out fine. It's part of the charm of the movie actually that I, I, I kind of like. Yeah, uh, yeah so. definitely. Uh, so we get to our next title card, uh, Caitlin snowball and the corpse go, go, go away on the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to lamentation and act or expression of sadness or distress. And this leads to this leads to one of my favorite scenes, which is salsa shark. Salsa shark. I love yeah. salsa shark yeah. so so much. And, and who doesn't quote it every time you eat salsa <laughs> chips? I mean, if you don't, you're not human. No, right? exactly. It's like it's like you 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 just blew an opportunity to quote salsa shark, and you right. didn't do it. 
And that, and that also ties into into like my the absolute pure love and joy I experienced when I watched Jaws. So I love right. that having that reference in there too. Um, right. But obviously, there's you know, Randall's eating the chips, doing salsa shark, quoting Jaws, Dante in distress. <laughs> and I, I again, this was this scene, this 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 juxtap- uh, this limitation scene. I love this argument, this conversation between the two characters. You know, the responsibility versus accountability. Choices of the individual, you know, and and comfortable and uncomfortable, like like challenging yourself, pushing yourself. Right. Love all of this scene. No, I think this is like the movie, right? Like right. it's just this is this is it boiled down right here. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have much else to say other than like that's great. This is great. Watch yeah. this. <laughs> Anything to add? <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, like it's it is the movie. You know, like you get the whole story about him. You know, not wanting to be uncomfortable, so he shits his pants. You know? <laughs> right. All, all right. right. Which is just so weird and wild, but fits into this movie perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, I love the, I love this particular particular chapter of the, of the movie. I think it's it's yeah. uh, it's uh, Jeff Anderson just killing it with, with you know yelling at at at, uh, at Brian O'Halloran as as Dante. Right. Yeah. Huh. Super good. Super good. And that takes us to juxtaposition, which is an act of comparing two things, especially in a way that suggests connections between them or to distinguish them. Uh, and this is where we get our Jay and Silent Bob speech. Yeah. Dante realizes that he loves Veronica. He's been blowing it. At the same time that Randall is telling Veronica that Dante is still in love with Caitlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is also when Veronica beats up Dante and dumps him. Deservedly okay. so. Yeah. Again, another great scene. I think that's... Uh, this is a really strong scene from actors who are, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say anything insulting, but like not known. I right. think this is like this is like strong performances from the these this relatively unknown uh, group of actors. I think there's a, there's there's a tad too much cutting to Dante laying on the floor looking weird as he's getting yelled right. at. But other than that, like I, I, I got again, I don't have much to say about this one. No, I think it's I think it, again this leads to another. After the after the fight where they're just talking, kind of the end is another pretty good you know scene. But yeah, I think it's no th- this whole like, third act is is yeah I think it's really tightly constructed and, and executed right. uh, by by Kevin Smith by the by the actors. You get Silent Bob actually speaking. You know the yeah. million fine women in the world. You know yes exactly. <laughs> bring yeah. lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. You get that that line. You know. You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Come on, little dick. You know, and, and sort of like the effect that it has on Dante, which is, right. is super interesting. But I, I love all the stuff that when, when Veronica's yelling at him, everything she's saying is like dead on, 100% yeah. right. And it's like it's like this moment where Dante finally realizes like what a dumbass he's been. And again, right. a position that we've all found ourselves in, specifically as men, <laughs> many sure. many a time with a woman right. <laughs> so yeah it, it, it's all this stuff still plays for me like this all works so well no matter if it's like the 90s or you know 2020 like i i think a lot of this is still completely relatable to to a younger audience nowadays yeah and i think that I speaks to, to kevin smith's writing you yeah. know that it's not dated or or anything like that like it, it just jives yeah uh, was there anything else in, in Jay and Silent Bob's speech you want to get to? I know we mentioned some of the highlights. No, that was that was pretty bad. I mean, you could you could do 
you know, Jay's whole, you know, noise, noise, noise. I mean, it was, I, I think it was a good, a good scene. And it just, again, it, it was, you know, again, Silent Bob and his, his one liner was great to, to wrap it up and make uh, Dante kind of like give him that aha moment. So I, mm-hmm. I just think it was good. And then at some point when, when Randall's yelling at him, he says, I think Jay's got it right. He has no delusions of grandeur about like what his life, you know, like in right, a, right, that right. ties in yeah. to that scene where, you know, Jay's in, you know, even, even though Dante's just constantly pushing him away and whatever. He's like, you want to come party with me? We get off at the same time. You know, I'm going right. to party. There's going to be girls that like, he just, he's just a genuinely, even though he's a drug dealer and, you know, bother him, he's a genuinely nice guy. He's like, come on out with us. We'll, we'll have a good time. You know, like, I, I like the, the part he's like, we work the same hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's great. I like that scene a lot too. Uh, it was, uh, partially because Throughout the movie, you feel like there's sort of like this this uh, antagonistic relationship between the between Jay and Silent Bob and, and Dante and Randall. Yeah. But it's it's you just realize that Jay and Silent Bob are just kind of like fucking around. Right. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, it's a great scene. It I again I got I got nothing to say other than just how much I enjoy it. Yeah. I agree. But but because uh, because uh, Randall decided to be a helpful friend and tell Veronica everything. <laughs> this leads to catharsis, an yeah. event or sensation of spiritual cleansing brought on by powerful emotional experience. And that would be the Dante versus Randall fight in the convenience store. Yeah. And their eventual eventing of all emotions. I, again, I got nothing. I love it. Yeah, it's a great scene. Again, it's just Veronica just laying it out, right? Like... Well, I mean, just I mean, just when, when these two finally, you know, you know, they're they're laying there up against like the chip rack, you know, like they, you know, Randall's like rubbing his neck from getting choked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's it's sort of like this. I, I I like the scene because it kind of strips the characters down. There's no more pretense. There's no more, uh, uh you know, mystique around any of them. It's it's just like them being pure and honest with each other, without yeah. the sort of. Uh, uh, walls that we all build around ourselves to protect ourselves it's just like right. two men being kind of i don't want to say being real but you know just being honest with each other right right and uh, and i really like just in this scene where he finally randall finally snaps on him with the you know i'm not even supposed to be here today and he's just basically like fuck you pal you know like and then lays it out because that's the whole the whole mantra of the movie right you know right. and like like it, it, it just and again, he kind of breaks it down, you know. I... Well, it, again, I'm going to relate it to us people, or and in, in people who've been in a retail environment before. Like, it's easy to kind of get shitty about your job sometimes, man. But you know, sure. Dante feels a responsibility, and like he's actually pretty good at his job, honestly. Yeah, but he's it, a pretty loyal employee. I mean, and yeah, like you said, I mean, there was so many times where he just locked the fucking doors and walked away. Yeah. But that's not who he is. But right. even though Randall tells him a monkey could do his job at some point, you know, like but he's 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 good at what he does or he's at least loyal if nothing else. He, he can't fall into that. Well, yeah, and and uh again, like I said, I mean there are definitely people who like that idea that everything hinges on them and they're miserable because of it, but they actually kind of secretly thrive on it at the same time. Yeah. And and obviously Dante Dante as a young man not knowing where he's going in life, you know, blames a lot of it on this and yeah. blames a lot of other problems in his life 
on the job and on his friends and on his past relationships. And, and this is when Rand- Randall forces him to confront all that stuff. And uh, I again, I can't critique it. I love it. Yeah. Just... Not that I'm critiquing the movie necessarily. Like, that's not what this has been. No. This, this, this podcast is like all about adoration for this movie. We right. love it so much. This is a great movie. Everyone watch it if you haven't. <laughs> I, I imagine, and I'm just guessing here that 90% of your listening audience has probably seen this movie, but that's just a guess. I, and, I, I and don't know. Probably seen it multiple times. It would also be the other, the other side of the right. argument of my, of that, of that statement. Right. Like it, it's not just us who watch this like endlessly over and over again. Right. right. Didn't we try to watch this at work one time? Probably. <laughs> and that was kind of shut down fairly quickly. Right. That's not, <laughs> that, that can't be done. I mean, this, there are so many words in this movie that just, just can't be watched. <laughs> I mean, you could do that thing that Andrew used to do and, and put the movie up and then dub music over top of it so you're not actually hearing any dialogue. I guess you could get away with that because I don't think there's – it. well, until your pitch a tent scene with you with your boy <laughs> in the back of the ambulance – I think the rest of it's not going to be too offensive visually because you can't, you can't actually see the hermaphroditic, you know, best of both worlds. You can't see the magazine. Like, there's nothing really. Actually, no. I was going to say something about that. I I, I noticed on my, my high def, you know, co- you know, stream from HBO Max that you could see that magazine pretty darn good. Well, when when Randall flashes it at the customer. Really? Are you saying <laughs> I should have paused that and, and zoomed in? I didn't have to pause it. Like I, I was like, oh, oh wow, really? that is much clearer than I remember it being on on like VHS and DVD. Yeah, I met, so I saw I, I rewatched it on a laptop. I didn't watch it on a TV. So I wonder if I'd put it on to a TV <laughs> if I would have noticed that. But I, w- I was not straining my neck to look either. But that, that, that's well, funny. Well, neither now. was I, fella. Calm down. I know you were. <laughs> Come on. You kept tracking it back. That ten seconds back. Ten seconds back. Ten seconds back. Um, but now that you said it, I'm going to look just to see. Like I'm, I'm curious if I can, if I can uh, see it. And but... Don't misunderstand. It's, it's not like crystal clear, but it's like, oh, I definitely know what I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that that would be problematic. You know, <laughs> yeah. Or... You know, back in the '90s, you know, maybe right. in 2021, people are more open to that stuff. I don't know. Right. right. I can't comment on that. Back in a store where we had like a 19-inch tube TV hanging on the ceiling that you could barely <laughs> see, anyways. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it would have been that visible. <laughs> All right, so our final title card of the movie is Denouement, which is the part of the ending which all questions are answered and everything is cleared up. Uh, Dante and Randall make up; they are friends to the end. Yep. You can see uh, Randall wrangles. The yeah. store closes. The day is over. Yeah. Life goes on. And uh, more importantly for 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 Dante Hicks, uh, he doesn't die, right? Which is the original ending. The original ending, which uh, you can find on YouTube or uh, on some of the special features that on on the DVDs and stuff like that. Like that, you know, you can watch that. How big a deal was it to you knowing that that was the original ending? Like, like how did that kind of what what was your thought process when you found that out? Uh, I was. I'm trying to think of now that you said it, but. Um... Obviously, I was stunned by it. I was like, I, you know, I could see it making sense to the movie with the not supposed to be here and kind of like the, the bad luck Dante has and whatever. But obviously, knowing that there's a Clerks 2 and the story continues, I'm glad that he didn't mm-hmm. kill him. You know, that somebody suggested or the audience has suggested taking it out. But honestly, I would have been in 94. I would have been fine with that ending. It wouldn't have like it wouldn't have destroyed me. But. I'm I'm happier now knowing what it became that he lived, I, you know. Well, and for anyone who who isn't aware uh, of the original ending that Kevin Smith had written and shot 
for the movie. Uh, uh, right as the store's getting ready to close, one more customer comes in to rob the convenience store and uh, to rob the quick stop and shoots and kills Dante. And that's how the movie right. ends. And it is like, just goes to black. And right. yeah, I, I am, uh, and I feel like I could be wrong about this, but I feel like a bunch of us, you, 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 your brothers, probably, I feel like we all watched that scene together, like probably at your house, at your parents' house. Probably. probably. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of us had the same reactions. Like, wow, that, that got fucking dark. Yeah. Obviously that w- it would be quite the statement, but yeah, it doesn't feel like it fits the tone overall. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're hoping that Dante has learned something from everything that's happened today, it's just it's just a very um, I don't want to say negative, but it's just a very cynical ending, uh, which I right. it's, I don't think I would have enjoyed as much. So yeah, I'm I, very I, glad I, that they changed it. That that Kevin Smith kind of came around and and decided to go with a, a more uh, upbeat ending, leading to an, an, an my the only Soul Asylum song I can handle. <laughs> The only one? Come on, there's a few good souls. And now I want to sound like Reagan on our <laughs> podcast, but there are quite a few good souls. I mean, you've got there's, Runaway Train, a couple. Black Gold. Black Gold's not bad. Uh, You're right. All right. Um, misery, right? Like, what am I missing? I'm missing another oh, I one. Forgot, I forgot uh, about Misery. I'll give you. I'll give you that one. I forgot about Misery. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying they're the uh, end all, be all, but I, they 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 had a few. They had a few good songs. Like, I, I'll give it to them. All right, I I'll, all right, I'll fine. But yeah, yeah I'm the, not I'm not gonna pull Reagan and say they're the best thing ever and that you should listen to every song a hundred times, you know. Like, but they they definitely had some good songs. Yeah. I, and I'm missing one. Somebody to shove. What is it? Shove. Somebody to shove. You're right. Yes, that's yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That so, is that might be the best soul time song. But can't even tell is pretty good too. Yeah. Now, and then, uh, it, I don't know if you know this or not, but Kevin Smith directed the music video for that. I know he did, but he changed the so in the music video. Do you remember what they changed the pair of balls scene to? Because that was in the end of the video. Do you remember? Yes, but I don't remember what he changed it to. It was so there were any balls down there instead of the biggest pair you've ever seen. Um, it was the biggest pair you ever seen bunghole like. <laughs> Okay. Which was a weird change. I don't know if that was like to get the Beavis and Butthead crowd like MTV reference, but it, it was it was changed. I don't know why Dingleberry was like, you know, out, but that it was changed slightly for that for that video. Well, I mean, we've reached into the end of the movie, and once again, we're talking about the soundtrack. So I, I just want to name some of the bands that are on here for for anyone listening. All right, Love Among Freaks, Alice in Chains, uh, you got Supernova doing the Chewbacca song, Jesus Lizard. Uh, Bad Religion, Stabbing Westward, Corrosion of Conformities on here, Soul Asylum. I mean, the soundtrack's awesome. Come on. Yeah. That's not even all of so, them. I just picked like, some of the ones I thought were a big deal. It's like who's who's of 90s music. <laughs> Pretty much. You're you're definitely right about that. Uh, it, it's funny because I, I knew that, that little bit about how the, the first version that was screened at, at like the film festivals didn't have a soundtrack. But watching it this time around and... Like I said, for the first time, in, I don't know, maybe a decade, maybe. That soundtrack is so intricately woven into the movie for me that, like, I I would have, I don't know, I don't know if I could watch it without it. it I love right. it so much. It's so it's such an endearing part of the movie for me, and maybe that's just because of my age and I am nostalgic about things. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, this Movies movie's... don't get that big. I mean, I guess there's. I can't say there's not big movie soundtracks, but. 
again with the the demand of music now you know you don't have those soundtracks that you have to buy because it's got songs on it that aren't released everywhere else and like those those big you know like i can think of one like the last action hero soundtrack was one that like had a bunch of songs on it like everybody wanted you know like you don't you don't have that anymore to my I would, I, yeah i was thinking the same thing i, I couldn't I couldn't think of what like the last big soundtrack album might have been. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that, you know, Marvel has leaned into with any of their films. I mean, I think Captain Marvel was the only one that actually used any actual real songs. Right. You know, from from popular acts. But yeah, everybody has downloadable services now, so no one needs to go buy that disc. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but I'm trying to think, you know, back in like the early mid 90s, early early to mid 90s, there were two soundtracks that I couldn't get enough of. Clerks was one of them, and the other was Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction, yes. Great. And Reservoir Dogs, both incredible Great soundtracks. soundtracks. Yeah, you're right about Reservoir Dogs, too. Yeah. Especially because you got uh, you got the boss. Uh, shoot. I can't think of the, the, the comedian's name. It's Stephen Wright doing, uh-huh. doing his, his yeah, uh, yeah, the, you know, the K-Billy stuff. Yeah, Super Sounds of the 70s. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so great. It, yeah. that, that soundtrack's worth getting just for that stuff. Yeah. Believe it or not, Stephen Wright used to be a really big comedian back in the day. <laughs> For yeah. anyone listening, he's like, who the fuck are they talking about? Right. <laughs> Furiously Googling who he is. <laughs> exactly. I love this movie, man. I'm I'm so glad you proposed doing this for, for your for your uh, uh, Patreon episode of the show, which I can't thank you enough for being a member of, of Pop Head Nation. And and uh, having you come on and do hang out with new clerks finally, it's it's been a long time coming. It has been. We we planned it a couple times, and you know things happen. <laughs> Life gets in the way. But oh here God. we are. We got it. The movie didn't go anywhere, right? Well, like like, like Jurassic Park, life just finds a way on occasion right. too. So that's the that's good right. news. Right. No right. man, this has been a blast. I, I uh, how much? I don't know. Like, if, not. I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh-huh. if, if you had to rank Clerks somewhere in like your all time list, like where where would you put it? like top ten, top twenty? What are you thinking? Oh yeah, it's definitely in the top ten for me. It may even be in the top five, but I'll be honest, I haven't put much thought in that list. But yeah, it's definitely. I mean, do you do desert island movies? You can't watch them on anything, but it would be something I have, you know. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel the same. I feel like I feel like top ten is appropriate, but yeah. then it, it depends on what rules I have to follow. Like like do, you know. Can I lump all the Star Wars movies together as one? That's what I was just going to say. If you can't lump all the Star Wars, you're you're pretty much filled your box, right? right. Like, that automatically bumps it down to twenty, top twenty, right? <laughs> so, right. And then I got like like I got like three Indiana Jones movies I want to talk right, about. Right, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. I mean, it would just you, you know, it, it's 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 but it's high in the mix. Let's put it that way. I, th- right. I think I think we can agree on that. I, th- I think a lot of our listeners feel the same way. If if memory serves, uh, the Squidmaster General is a big fan of Kevin Smith movies and Clerks as well, and he's a he's a smidge younger than us, but not not by too much. Yeah. And uh, oh, good old good my my brother Mark. Can I? I don't know if you know this story or not, but I know we were talking about chasing Amy earlier. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Mark rented chasing Amy, and. <laughs> We watched Chasing Amy with my parents in the room. Oh, how was that? <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be special. I was, I, I mean, and you know, Mark. I mean, Mark is is Mark is Mark. He, right. he had no problem with that whatsoever. I was like squirming on the couch. I was yeah. like, I want to leave the room so much right now when they're talking about finger cuffs. Right, and, right. And all that stuff. I was like, I oh mean, my God. I can remember watching movies with my parents that just had like, you know, those 
80s, 90s movies that had, you know, basically softcore simulated sex scenes and being, like, extremely uncomfortable as those were going on. I can't imagine watching something like Chasing Amy with, you know, them in the room. <laughs> oh, my God. Too much. Uh, one, I had one more question for you. I know, we, I know, I've kept you for for quite a while already. This is a this podcast is running running long, but we're having fun, and that's, that's all that yeah. really matters. Sure. I, I, you know, you, I mean, you, you sort of deal with customers nowadays too. So like, I, I, everything's on the table, right? But do you have like any any kind of like retail slash uh, like customer horror stories to share with the with our lovely audience today? I mean, what's What's your definition of horror story? I mean, I've had it, it doesn't people have to be like a scream at me. I mentioned it earlier. I had one person chuck things at me when I wouldn't take it back, like threw a cassette tape at me. I've, you know, um, we've had people return just things with disgusting things inside the Ugh. packaging instead of what belongs there. Um, I, I, you know, I can't think of a. A great story right now off the top of my head other than other than things like that which you know i don't know how much it does what about you is there you've been doing this game a lot longer than i have is there anything just... well at this point since i went back into it I've, I've started racking up more years over you yeah but uh yeah i'll tell you my story if you if it, if it uh, uh inspires you mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or or fires some, some uh synapses and you you recall something let me know uh not Super long ago, at my, at my current job, and and to provide proper context for the listeners, I do work at a grocery store, so that that will help provide a little context here. I had a customer come in, and he wanted me to uh he wanted me to help him find uh short ribs. Okay, mm-hmm. we okay. sell short ribs. Got got a couple different kinds of short ribs. Took him over to where they were the one the the kind that you know he described that he was like interested in. I, I, he, uh, they were beef short ribs. He's like, oh man, they're they're beef, huh? You don't have you don't have pork short ribs, and I said, no, nah, it's just the it's just the beef ones, uh, over over here in the freezer though. I got I got Korean style beef short ribs though. If you want those, he's like, no, I was really looking forward to pork, uh, pork ribs, and I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm sorry, man, we, like that's not what we we you know we don't have that, but you know maybe over at Ralph's next door or whatever. He's like, oh, all right, and then he, he pauses. But you can kind of tell he's not done yet, right? Uh-huh. So then he, and then he, he looks at me, makes the, makes the eye contact, and he's like, do you know why I like the pork short ribs better? Or pork ribs? I, it might have been pork ribs, not short ribs. Okay. Uh, but he's, he's like, do you know why I like the pork ribs better? And it's at this point. <laughs> I have wisdom and experience on my side at this point, because, again, this is only a couple years ago. Right. I sort of kind of mentally close my eyes and sigh and roll my eyes at the same time, like all at once. It's like, oh man, right. here we go, here right. we go. And I'm like, uh, no, why is that? And <laughs> that's when he proceeds to tell me, he's like, well, you know, pork is the, is the meat that tastes the closest to human flesh. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's great, man. Well, uh, we don't have those. Maybe over at Ralph's. I'll see you later. And I just walked away. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. But I, I will, <laughs> I will never yeah. forget that story because, I, like, like I said, the way he paused, I just right. knew something was coming. I was like, oh, what right. is it? What weird bullshit am I gonna get right now? Human flesh, my friend. 
So after you went over to his house and had ribs, was he like <laughs> normal or was he weird? Or... You, you know, the ribs were overdone. So I walked away in disgust. I was like, human yeah. flesh my ass. And just threw the bone on the ground and left. <laughs> that is a grocery store thing for sure. Yeah. It takes all kinds. Well, you know, I, I work in a store that's, uh, you know, in the city. And uh, yeah, we get some interesting folks walking in there sometimes. Awesome. <laughs> you don't get that in the suburbs. <laughs> no. Well, we do, but yeah. <laughs> they're, they're actual real cannibals, though, and they eat right. actual babies. They don't bother right. with going to the grocery store first. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if that spurred you on or not, but that, I think that's a good no, way to No, I don't have any crazy stories. <laughs> not that I remember, and you'd think I'd remember if somebody told me, that, you know, like... I just have memories of people like stealing from me or lying to me or being rude to me, you know, like those kind of things that just aren't as much fun right. as someone well, telling sure. you that they want to eat human flesh. <laughs> I mean, we get people lying to us every day when, you know, cause everyone wants to bring their dog to the grocery store. And it's like, you really oh, can't do that. Service like, oh, dog? No, service animal. Like, yeah. all right. I'm sure that Chihuahua's providing a great service for you. Right. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I had I had a lady one time, you know, you remember how circuits were set up. They had the loading dock door that you'd leave right. open to let people out at the end, like employees out at the end of the night. Right. It was like 45 minutes after we closed. And this lady parked in the loading dock, came in the, the exit door. There was like no registers open. We were closed. We were getting ready to turn the lights off. And she was like, oh, I've been here the whole time. I need to buy a car charger. Like... <laughs> And I was like, get out of here. <laughs> like, you basically broke it into the store. Uh, but she insisted, like, just just went with the lie for, like, 20. And then, and then my manager just, like, caved and basically rebooted the system and opened a drawer to sell her this car charger. Oh, like, and, and that wasn't even the worst. It was just the principle of it that this, this woman was literally, literally willing to lie that long just because she needed a car charger and didn't want to, like, just beg us to, to give it to her. Like... <laughs> That she had to live this life. Oh, it still it still burns me to this day that she got that car charger from us. You know, like <laughs> I hate I, it. I love that you still hold the grudge, man. That's awesome. Yeah, because it was just it was so infuriating, so infuriating. No, and again, not not to get too personal with things. I mean, it, it you you definitely have to deal with that. But I've kind of come to realize that like I'm fairly good at customer service, <laughs> so yeah. might as well lean into it. I, like I said, I work for a company that I, I love. So yeah, like fuck it. I, I'm I'm a clerk for life, I think. Man. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'm going to turn the recorder off, and uh, we can hang out. Cool. We can have a little after hours. <laughs> well, you know, thanks again for having me on the show. If you ever want to do more View Askew, I'm here. <laughs> we could do Fuck. more. Yeah, man. What a great idea. We should just go through the catalog, man. We'll get to Mallrats next. Yeah. Fly, fat ass fly. Come on. <laughs> That'd sure. be super fun, man. Ryan, uh, thanks for, for, A, for suggesting this. For being a Patreon, uh, for being a rad guy, for being one like one of my longest, most dearest friends, um, and yeah, you'll you'll you're gonna be back on soon. Don't worry about that. I can't I can't quit you. Until <laughs> <laughs> you get all the complaint emails, <laughs> then you'll be like, all right, we won't do it again. Everyone was really offended when you read the list of all those porn movies. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You can cut that out if you want. I mean, oh no, no I no. stopped at some point when I realized it was going to be longer and more. Than- <laughs> I think you said a lot of words that we've never said in this podcast. I mean, you're right. you're making Tomcast podcast history when you okay. read that list. Yeah. We have never said uh, "big black cocks with pearly white cum" on the show until you and said. Now it. you've said it twice <laughs> <laughs> by choice. 
Great. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you later. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, pal. Jesus, there you go, trying to pass the buck. I'm the source of all your misery. Who closed the store to play hockey? Who closed the store to go to a wake? Who tried to win back his ex-girlfriend without even discussing how he felt with his present one? Do you want to blame somebody? Blame yourself. I'm not even supposed to be here today. You sound like an asshole. Jesus, nobody twisted your arm to be here. You're here of your own volition. You like to think the weight of the world rests on your shoulder, like this place would fall apart if Dante wasn't here. Jesus, you overcompensate for having what's basically a monkey's job. You push fucking buttons. Anybody could waltz in here and do our jobs. You, you're so obsessed with making it seem so much more epic, so much more important than it really is. Christ, you work in a convenience store, Dante. And badly, I might add. I work in a shitty video store, badly as well. You know, that guy Jay's got it right, man. He has no delusions about what he does. Us, we like to make ourselves seem so much more important than the people that come in here to buy a paper or, God forbid, cigarettes. We look down on them as if we're so advanced. Well, if we're so fucking advanced, what are we doing working here? There it is. That's the conversation. I hope so much you enjoyed that trip down uh, memory lane in, in, in more sense than one. Uh, you know, it was, it was always fun to revisit Clerks to revisit the, the the library of Kevin Smith overall. But Clerks was our introduction to all of that. And as I said at the beginning of the show, a, a film that's immensely important to me, a film that uh, has such significance in, in my life, in, I, and I suspect in all of your lives, because there's, there's so much there that is relatable, that we can understand, and that we connect with. And that, that is one of the amazing charms of the movie overall. And really fun. We're so happy that Ryan uh, suggested this for his uh, for his uh, his Patreon pick. And and again, to my my other patrons out there, only one other Patreon has has reached out and claimed something. So you still have time. <laughs> time is on your side. Don't worry, and we're gonna make it work. And I'm already kind of hatching up some other ideas uh, because it was it was so much fun to go back and revisit Clerks. That now, now I want I want to go and, and uh, catch up with Mallrats and catch up with with Jason Amy and Dogma and, and the rest of the fil- films of the VUSQ universe. So I can't wait to do that. And like I said, I have some ideas. So we'll see what happens there. All right, I want to shout out again, once again, to the people who make this podcast happen. This show wouldn't exist without the official members of Pophead Nation. Thank you so much to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host on The Ringing Ear, a great, great, great music podcast. I recommend it highly. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, and our very own Harley and Joker. I said it backwards that time, on by design. Krista and Brian of Pariah Brewing Company whipping up the fine, fine beers, that uh, one of which I opened the podcast with, and it was just a delight to have my cat from Hellas once again. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite beers. That's going to be the show. Uh, <laughs> we have run really, really long. I hope you all don't mind. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys indulging me and letting letting us go on do with the two-hour podcast. That's not, not normally how we like to do things. But, you know, when you're having a good time and you're going down memory lane and you're, you're you know, we obviously we had memory lane with clerks, but we also had memory lane with uh, our, our our teenage years and early te- our early 20s. Uh, living in Rockville, Maryland. So yeah, a little bit, you know, when you have someone on the show you have some history with, it, sometimes you get, you get you go down memory lane. And I thought it was a lot of fun. I hope 
I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and if not, I, I at least appreciate you indulging me on, on that trip down memory lane. I keep saying memory lane. There's other other words I could use, but what are you going to do? All right, let's get out of here. I promise. So much more good content coming your way. We're going to be previewing Mortal Kombat. We're going to be reviewing Mortal Kombat, the new HBO Max in theaters limitedly. We're going to get into that. We got one more episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier to review. I hope you're enjoying those episodes. If you're if you're listening over at Mandavision, you know that we are on the verge of wrapping up season one of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and we're gonna take a little pause between season two uh, and get into some other aspects of the Star Wars universe that are going on right now, and and that's gonna be a lot of fun too. So check us out over at Mandavision, and it looks like I'm back on Beer Night in San Diego on a much more regular basis. So please check out the Beer Night in San Diego podcast too if you're enjoying the content that I am creating and you want to hear more from me and you want to hear me sound off about weird uh, beer topics in San Diego, California. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. My God, two hours and seven minutes. Holy smokes. Shut it down. All right. I will see everyone later. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Be smart. Be good. Ciao, babes. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers. Packer, I smell good, man. Time to kick back, drink some beers, and smoke some weed. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!